Yo, if you're new to my podcast, don't run away. Every week I sit down with one of my friends and we try to explore his or her life. This time I'm talking to my good friend Daniel, who is living in San Francisco. We continue along talking about being introverted and growing up introverted and how all of that is stigmatized through society. At the end, we get to talk a little bit about race, about nationality, about what it means to be human, and about learning languages and how the mind works. Find a relaxing space to sit down, strap in, and get ready. Let's get into it. All right. Hi, Daniel. Hello. Hi, Karsten. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I've been. We've been talking a little bit before, so <laughs> we can. We can probably just. Just. Um, we can continue with what we've been talking before as well. But uh-huh. before that, I'd like you, if possible, to do a short introduction of yourself, like who you are, where you're living, what you're doing, what your interests are. Okay. And just, just very briefly. Yep. For sure. Uh, well, I'm Daniel. I live in the U.S. in California. I'm a software engineer. I've been working in the industry for what about five years now. And I'm interested in a bunch of stuff. I like yosakoi dancing. I also watch some anime. I try to learn Japanese. My Japanese level is still, you know, very little. Maybe not even elementary level, <laughs> but you know, one little by little, I would like to learn Japanese because. One day, I mean, I have some friends who are Japanese. I talk to some Yosakoi teams who speak Japanese, so it'll be nice to be able to talk with them without going through an interpreter. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but you know, those are the big things. The small things like yeah, I like cooking, and sometimes I like to go jog jogging, but I'm not very diligent at jogging. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, if you're doing sports, um, if you're doing dancing, did uh, the Corona pandemic change something for you? For sure. In terms of dancing. Dancing, we used to practice in person. We had the practice venue. But of course, because of the sheltering in place, because of the lockdown, we now practice through a video conferencing tool. Uh, we use Zoom. And because of that, it's it's very different, right? We We don't hear people in real time at the same time. We don't see people in the same time. When we dance through the video, there's a bit of a lag. There's a lag yeah. also between what people, you know, not only between people, but also between what we see and what we hear. And so that makes definitely dancing more challenging. Yeah, like I, I tried to do that on Zoom as well. I tried to join like a dance, mm-hmm. uh, Yosako dance here in Germany. But I found for myself that it is quite... Uh, it's, of course, it's very different, mm-hmm. and it's also very, very difficult to to um, to learn something new. Like mm-hmm. if you have a song you know, and when you listen to the music, then you can do it, of course. Mm-hmm. But if you are learning something new, like the count and and everything like that, I think that it's it's almost impossible to do it because you have like this one second lag on the on the music there. You have the other one second lag on the movement. So. Um, I, I feel like that 
was not something I I could do. Uh, uh, how how are you coping with that? Like, is the team are you still doing um, or are you, are you planning to do still like some what is it called like uh, Embu? Embu. Mm. Uh, yes. Like this year, or is there nothing planned in in the US currently? Right. So in terms of performance and stuff, yeah, we we have things in coming and things that we did was we do a recording, we will dance it ahead of time, and then we send it to an event organizer, and then they can play it on their live stream. Uh, for example, in our team in San Francisco, we recently we were invited for a, an Osaka Matsuri live stream. And so what yeah, they I've did, they they asked us to send a recording. Well, actually, I don't know how the details. Maybe they asked us to do recording. Maybe we offered them to do recording. And we dance ahead of time. We record it. We edited people's videos so they're like more in sync to each other. Right. And then we send them the recording. And so at least in terms of performance, that's how we cope. In terms of learning. Oh, sorry, you, you wanted to say something. No, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just listening. I'm intrigued because I find that really, really difficult. Like the last time I was able to went out was after. So in in Germany we, we had a hard lockdown for about a month ish, mm -hmm. um, and after that it's slowly, gradually getting better since then. And I have been meeting with people here from the Germany as a koi team, um, probably about two months back. As mm -hmm. early as two months back, and um, I bought a flag, by the way. Oh, okay. Oh, this is an, you know another these, one. These I... Obata, those. No, not not another one. Oh, okay. You know the ambassador flag? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. But after that, I I bought one. Did I show it to you? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I said another one because I think a few months ago is you mentioned you bought like a really long one. Right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's like, it. I bought a pole that goes all the way to 15 meters. It's basically an antenna. Yeah. Um. So I just usually take out more than half of it. I only use five meters. Yeah. But it's quite sturdy and it's quite light. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what is from it is made from. It might not be glass fiber, but like you can, it's quite sturdy and you can you can swing it around. Mm -hmm. And I have a big flag for like four point five meters. Mm -hmm. It's pretty big. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that that's quite big. Yeah. And we just hang it on there and then just. So I was able to, we, we had like a picnic uh -huh. and went outside and did take like one short video. And I was um, quite happy that I could bring out my flag and first time ever like use it. Mm. Because yeah. um, there's, I mean, there's places around where I can I can use the flag. And there's places around where we can, can train as well. But yeah. it's, it's still quite weird because throughout this time, even though you'd think like people would be happy to meet up again, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people are not really that happy to meet up because they got different hobbies now and they're doing other things. So mm. like, um, I think the way some people are coping with this coronavirus situation is just finding something else to do. And then they just move on from their old hobbies as well. Mm -hmm. So um, someone like me, if I, I can't motivate myself to dance alone at my house, mm -hmm. I, I just can't. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still going to classes um, and continuing my hip hop and all of that. But Yosakoi is something I, for for this 
gear now haven't been able to focus on at all and continue probably won't be able to continue much much longer in the future either mm, interesting how do you do your hip-hop classes oh sorry you you attend a class do you go in person or is it remote no it's uh, it's completely in person here mm. oh. it was shut down for two months as well and afterwards it started of course it started with, with masks first and um um now it's basically back to normal mm. i think some like regulations wise if there's a police officer showing up and looking at the dance studio it might not hold oh like, really? <laughs> you might just be like look this is not good we're gonna need to shut this down here because uh. not everyone is completely strict with all the regulations right there i feel like like people are walking around with less masks than you would be used to seeing on the streets. Ah, that is interesting. It sounds like almost it's a bit maybe dangerous is not the right word, but it's it's like tricky. It sounds like maybe it's up to somebody's interpretation to decide to shut down or not to shut down. Yeah. Because right? there's some gray yeah. area there. <laughs> yeah. Did you just send me a message? Oh no, I didn't. Oh, did it just reach you? I sent you a message like maybe half, oh, yeah, half an hour, like half an hour ago. Yeah, it just hear. arrived. Oh. That's weird. <laughs> it guess. just popped up, popped up in my my screen. Nah, never mind. Yeah, nah, um, that's alright. Yeah. No, but yeah, it's it's. I don't know if it's up to. It's a little bit, of course, up to interpretation. But mm-hmm. I think most of it is also like um, some people just don't want to encroach too much on everyone's private space and say look now you need to wear a mask because especially in hip-hop community i don't think it's it's normal that you wear a mask because people usually hug and are like quite close mm-hmm. so i think from from that perspective from the dance teacher's perspective it's like not that good mm-hmm. and it's not like people here in germany are used to wearing masks all day long right mm-hmm. because in, in japan people do wear masks also while working out Oh, well, I just put it on (laughs) and they just keep it on for dance practice or for workouts or for running or whatever. And that's completely normal. Yeah. But mm -hmm. here at my place, it's like nobody wants to wear masks. Like there's so many demonstrations outside and people like, oh, I can't breathe through this underwear on my head. It's like, no, calm down. Like, even though if you can't breathe through it, it's not that it will kill you just wearing a mask sometimes right yeah, yeah, yeah so it's like a lot of like with all a lot of these topics it's completely polarizing and a lot of people are just complaining about something that they just don't understand mm-hmm. yeah well, i'm surprised that also happens in germany i mean oh. i <laughs> happens in the us i've heard in some places but i guess yeah. outside of the us there are also things like that yeah yeah. Like we we have we have quite a, a couple of uh, a bunch of movement here going around of of um, well I think it's it's called aluminum aluminum foil hat. Oh, is it like conspiracy uh, theory tin foil hats? Conspiracy theories, yes, yes, tin foil. It's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tin foil hats, mm-hmm. um, and basically people just pro- protesting on the streets of Berlin mm-hmm. um, against coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, rules uh and for months now like since it started basically it's like yeah. um i'm not wearing a mask and you shouldn't do this and this is and it's all the problem is it's all mixed up mm-hmm. that there's some strains 
what you can follow, but it gets all jumbled up and mixed up and then there are some people believing this and some people believing this and you just put it behind one one cover and then everyone suddenly believes in in bill gates wanting to enslave whole humanity right <laughs> it's like ah i don't think that's correct <laughs> i mean I, I i agree when you say you don't want to be um robbed of your freedom and that it's not so cool that everyone needs to wear masks even though i also believe it's necessary However, then taking the leap from you need to wear masks to, well, Bill Gates wants you to get a shot and to get, um, like, that, that, I don't think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely when people start mixing the, there's a thing you can agree with, and then you mix them with things that are more controversial, and then they put them yeah. into one basket, like, uh, I, yeah. I cannot accept that basket. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And... The, the problem is that I feel is that a lot of people don't really think about the basket. Mm. They just think about their one thing and they see that and like, okay, this is fine. I'm going to join this movement. Mm -hmm. But they don't see about what else they also join. Yeah. So because recently there have been um, a lot of um, right wing, um, right wing people, and they went ahead to like, um, Oh, what is it called? Like to to basically take over a place of um, like a political state state building, basically. Let's like set on the stairs oh. and just um, just set outside and waved like old um, old like old flags of old um, um, Germany, like the the kingdom. Germany King, whatever it's called, like federal, federal. Um, I'm not sure, like how federal, like an occupation. Oh, is it? Or like no, no, like the the old. Um, be before Germany became a republic, there uh -huh. was a like kingdom, right? So they're waving flags from that time. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know. To say everything <laughs> was bad, better like way, way before before the World War and whatever, like. Um, all the way up to that point is is what some demonstrations here are in Germany, and um, I'm saying a lot of people that are quite smart also go within these groups, mm. um, but I don't think all of the people re really agree to all of that ideology. Yeah, it's um, definitely which is weird uh -huh. to me. Why why do you still go to the street, right? Why do you um, just jump in and take everything in the box? Do you rather take everything that's in the box um, than accepting a couple of months of wearing masks and trying to understand to take like distance um, as a necessary thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> Although I am pretty impressed with people who wear masks while they jog and stuff. Like, yeah, I can still breathe through it, but it's not it's a bit different right because the airflow it's it's slightly constricted oh, yeah. and so i can do it walking just fine but if i were to exercise with it i think i would be short on breath what what, what kind of mask do you have or are you wearing generally generally yeah uh lately it's more like sometimes i wear the usual one like from the pharmacy like the usual it's rectangular the surgical mask Thing. I don't know if there's technically I don't know what it's called. Yeah, but right. it's not it's not like the super high quality one, but it, I got it from no, the pharmacy. No, no. It's like the right. 
stereotypical. It's light blue and it has right. ridges. That one. Yep. Uh, but lately, I've been wearing more of a cloth mask uh, because I guess when it started, they were talking about not to buy too many of those masks, right? Because some people really need it, and you don't want mm-hmm. to deplete. You don't want the stock to run out. And yeah. so then that's where I, that's when I thought, okay, I have one box. Uh, I'll save it for really really important events like if I need to go to a dentist something or then I'll wear that right. quality of a mask. But if I go to a supermarket, uh, I I just use like a cloth mask. I have yeah. I used to wear a single layer cloth. Then I made I made a mask. Actually no, before I made a mask, I bought another kind of cloth mask that's two layers uh, and then and then i made my own mask i i read up online that if you were to put together two layers uh, that's actually you know it's not as good as surgical mask uh, but it's pretty it's not bad and especially there's apparently way some people you know i read a couple of sources and they say different things and talk about different effectiveness some people say that okay if you put i think i I read one if you put one layer of mask that's made of cotton you know it's not a very good mask but if you put two layers of cotton then it's not too bad it starts getting somewhere and then some other sources saying that oh oh but if you mix one layer of cotton and one layer of uh what's it called it's a more it's more water what's it called hydrophobic like it doesn't absorb water it, it more it repels more than it absorbs water it's like polyester then apparently it goes even better so i made a mask where the inner layer that's closer to my mouth is cotton and the outer layer is polyester the inner layer one apparently the intent is so that when i talk my saliva my droplets are trapped it's absorbed by this cotton layer at the, at the same time this extra polyester layer will protect from the outside but you know that's what i've read uh, i mean the premise seems they, they show some premise some numbers some tables like okay maybe it's pretty good it seems pretty believable and it's not like when I go to the groceries, I breathe <laughs> near the shelves or anything. I mean, I still right. walk on the aisle. I don't, I don't put my mouth near all of the things in the groceries. So I think, for most purposes, I think it's probably fine. Yeah, like it, it, I think um, you're completely right with that, and it's I, it's with all the masks. I I think I personally think that it's just more like a mindset that we need to adopt. Mm. right that wearing masks um it doesn't really you will not have a mask that blocks everything 100 mm. percent because then you would need to have a gas ma- gas mask yeah. right yeah and i've seen some people walk around with that as well of course but like that's not necessary for a virus like this because you would also not need to be able to touch anything then and yeah. like you cannot 100 percent block it from from getting to you it's pretty hard yeah. and yeah, and I personally think like it's probably also not the airways is probably not even the the worst part, because if you touch something the other person touched as well, you got the virus in your hands. So 
um, you would also need to disinfect yourself completely afterwards because mm -hmm. you get it somewhere else when you touch yourself, you touch your head, touch your mouth. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's more about like making sure that all the people really understand that the virus is going around and that instead of hugging each other and kissing each other on the chins and cheeks and whatever, we should just say take a little bit distance and um, um, learn some manners, right? Mm -hmm. Don't just just um, cough in somebody's face, cough in your armpits, cough somewhere else. Yeah. And I think if everyone adopts these things, like we will have already done a great job so far. Yeah, I think, and, I think uh, you brought a, book, a good you brought a good point about manners. I think to a certain extent, this is somewhat about caring about the other person's right. Uh, from the other person's perspective, you also want to you like if what they say you you do unto others like how you want others to treat you. You don't want right. to be infected, so you should take care of things. You don't want to infect other people as well. And if if every if everybody does this well, I think things will be in a better place. Oh, definitely, I agree with you. And what what struck me when this all started is that Japan and China and Korea always had had masks mm -hmm. and they've always when you get ill over there you put in a mask and when you need to go out you go out but with a mask if you if you cough or if you have mm -hmm. sniffles or something like that so you just put in a mask and go out then um, on one hand signalizing everyone else that um, you're ill mm -hmm. and second just to stop all of that just by coughing to get onto other people so basically what it is um, because you're wearing a mask you're protecting everyone else mm -hmm. and i read up on this as well and apparently this is a leftover from a flu pandemic japan had oh, back in the day and um that was apparently really bad and people uh, i i can't give you dates or anything because i don't know right now but people turned tended to stick with this after that so they found out this is a good idea and they changed the mindset of the people over there quite big so the people now would after that when they're ill keep on that mask mm -hmm. um but i was struck by the difference in in like behavior as well right mm -hmm. because japan for example is a culture where you greet other people with bowing to them, right? Mm -hmm. Which is also keeping a bit of a distance. Yeah. And I'm not sure where that is coming from. Yeah, that is wonder. But it, it'd be interesting to think that, oh, maybe that is also all the way back to some kind of virus because there's a lot of people living on one space, like... Japan has always been right there's not that many places to live because there's a lot of mountains there so people always live in like central zones mm -hmm. and if there's a lot of people living on top of each other in a big city um, then yeah of course like you tend to have more viruses going around so maybe you make one natural um, natural behavior against being infected so necessarily so you don't shake each other hands anymore you don't hug you just go into distance and bow to each other mm -hmm. yeah and i just thought that that might that's interesting yeah might have come from you know some long time ago like i wonder if someone who who did some 
maybe somebody with a history degree <laughs> Japanese history might able might be able to go as far back and hmm, when did this bowing start it yeah yeah unfortunately I didn't read up on this but I mean I I, I studied Japanese in college so I should be the one to know that but and I didn't really dive into the books or anything but I'd be tricked and yeah it's interesting to find out where this comes from but like generally looking looking at the at the situation I feel like that a lot of people that are more outgoing to somehow seem to have more problems with with masks in general ah, that's interesting yeah I wonder if somebody has the data on that <laughs> yeah going definitely I mean outgoing people extroverted people especially I think they probably feel more of an impact with this uh, staying at home kind of situation like I'm speaking at least for me you know you, you saw you saw some jokes in the internet probably like oh stay at home or like you know don't go anywhere during weekends I've been doing it already <laughs> I didn't realize I was already sheltering in place <laughs> so I think some other people who are more outgoing, who already built up some, maybe a social circle or, or like a routine, maybe they go hiking, maybe they meet friends in a cafe or, or do those sorts of, for, of activities. Now they can't do it anymore. So they feel more of a drastic change. Whereas for me, I've been staying at home anyway during weekends, so not, yeah. not so much impact. Yeah, I think that's um, like the the. I don't like the word otaku because mm -hmm. it means completely different thing in Japanese than it means in English. Uh -huh. But I think that kind of people, or like the gamers in general, people that are more affine to just reading a book occasionally as well, or just just um, watching a movie, um, those have always been, even if you are outgoing and stuff. You've always been someone that could just pull yourself back and be like, well, you know what? I can also spend time with myself. Like, rather than saying, um, those are all the nerds and everything. Like, I think that a lot of people that are able to, to stay at home with themselves as well do generally also have a lot of, like... Um, well, self-trust as well, like quite experienced with um, with knowing what makes them happy. Like mm -hmm. being a little bit introverted is not bad at all mm -hmm. over everything. So because lately, what I feel like, especially with American culture coming everywhere, right? Like this extroverted um, kind of style of, of being, right? Like a man, what, what my, my, my typical idea is of, a, of an American person is always loud always like um, the, the person in the middle of the party always like going to parties and everything right mm -hmm. and that is not only in, in in America that's also coming to Canada it's also like because American movies are coming everywhere and like this this kind of image is coming everywhere mm -hmm. so people all across the world people enjoying traveling and stuff like this so you always get this like alpha male um, image coming with it mm -hmm. and um, 
I hope maybe this this one now starts to maybe shift in a little different way that not really condemning people that are a little bit more introverted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah, a lot of things will change after this all. You know, who knows when all of this is all over? Maybe next year, maybe twenty twenty two. We'll see. A lot of people's attitudes change. Not only about staying at home. It's also about wearing masks, protecting others. Yeah. And maybe uh, I've seen some people talk about now the use of video conferencing tools. Previously, people maybe they don't talk with their parents as much or maybe some friends they haven't met before. But now through video conferencing tools, they are able or they are more open to doing it. Maybe they find, oh, it's not so bad after all. They do it more often. Yeah. Um, so, but I think there's, so I don't know what's happening today with my words, but <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, um, what is your take on that, that video conferencing? My take. Let's see. I yeah, think like, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely has its uses. Um, it's pretty convenient. A lot of, what's it called? A lot of things people do or used to do, they like uh, try to spend so much time traveling to some place to just to meet some friends. Like a lot of it, yes, there's something different when you meet in person. You, you read the body language and gestures and see things in real life. Video conferencing also has its place somewhere. Like generally, if you like some, I guess I'm thinking of some people who's really like not. They like they don't see video conferencing or like making phone calls. They don't do that as much. They're thinking like, oh yeah, if I meet people, I have to meet in person. But I guess that's just a different thing. People come from different backgrounds where maybe meeting in person is you know that's just how the way it is maybe that's the right thing to do it's more polite but at the same time now maybe people are more more open to just do things via video conference maybe not just interpersonal relationship but also in work right i'm thinking like stereotypically i'm thinking images in my head of some Maybe some companies where they have meetings like, okay, we have to meet in person. Everybody in the same room. We have like papers handed out here and there. But I wonder if those companies, now they do video conferencing. Yes, it's it's a bit different, but maybe sometimes it gets the jobs done. Maybe about equally the same quality or maybe even better or maybe not. But I'm hoping that people or companies that now have tried it maybe some of them will see video conferencing differently um yeah i have to definitely agree with you on the uh, professional side of things Mm -hmm. like i think companies can really benefit from from doing that from doing like uh stand-up calls and like doing the meetings not in person and um 
because then you you also need to stick to a schedule and when you stick to a schedule you're quite productive mm-hmm. and if you're if you're in person as well if you're joking around and if you're showing people something mm-hmm. and if you're not focused then that all goes goes far downside quite fast right yeah. so um while yes i think um meetings on on zoom and stuff can help get that better i also think it has really like it's quite difficult um, if you don't really know how to deal with it, right? So that you give people freedom and if they're not talking much or if they don't feel involved or if they think it's too long of a meeting, mm-hmm. then they have an easy way out as well mm-hmm. of a meeting. Um, but I don't, I, I guess that that's not really criticism of online meetings. It's more criticism of um bad meetings in a in the corporate culture right and mm-hmm. like in in a company where they're doing too many meetings to um and get the engineers involved every time like of course you start to get boring and you don't want to do it anymore mm-hmm. but yeah in, in general i would agree like that um companies can definitely benefit from it and i've a, a friend of mine he has children here in the school mm-hmm. and he said that the schools already also like they digitalized they starting to digitalize everything so if his daughter got ill he could just go on his phone go on the system the erp system or whatever it is or like the portal online mm-hmm. on the school portal and just send in um an explanation yeah my daughter is ill today she won't be coming in send out boom so like no attendance need to be tracked no nothing the school knows his daughter is ill and the school also knows he it's completely correct so that um, the daughter is not just not coming she ju- she's ill and she's staying home and you can also log in and you can go get online lessons done with the same system you can also get in and do like um, the private call between parents and teachers mm-hmm. and it's all done on the same system which I feel like it's really, really big upside, mm-hmm. like digitalization of now, like basically old, old school systems where everything needed to be done with paper. Back in mm-hmm. the day, you still needed to write everything down, and um, so so for that part as well, which I'd also say is more like a business part. But now the other point. Mm-hmm. I'm basically I'm half and half on this digitalization in general because I like to talk with people face to face because I feel like getting the, the... right now we, we're doing we're doing a call and we see each other mm-hmm. but it's still a little bit different from, mm, from yeah, normal definitely. Yeah. and um, in this case there's no other way to do it because well we're basically about I don't know twelve thousand nine thousand kilometers apart or something like that. Yeah, half the way. I don't know how many <laughs> miles that is, but basically half the way across the globe. Yeah. And um, there's no other way to do it than than yeah. doing it like this. And this in itself is, I I think it's incredible. I think it's really really good to have something like that because back in the day you didn't have. You needed to send like letters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I'm feeling that. I'm scared of like 
losing connection to other people mm. um that i'm i'm the more i'm i'm tending to do online calls with my friends and if i do online calls with my family at at what point does my life become only necessary um inside my computer and at what point um do i not need to go outside anymore because there's also things like companies that deliver grocers to your place and you can work from home so basically nowadays you don't need to go outside at all anymore mm, yeah people are now and realizing yeah how different it is yeah. i'm i'm quite yeah i'm quite scared of 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 that part that from my point as well like i'm meeting less with friends because well i can't do it right now mm. um but i also feel like my connections got worse throughout this time mm -hmm. that the friends i gen generally like and meet well with um i'm not ne really meeting right now so i tend to like not be connected anymore not as much as was before and let's be honest like i'm not phoning with my friends too often Mm -hmm. part of part of this this podcast is to to really get this going again because i'm happy and i love to talk to my friends and to a lot of people yeah so this this helps it out but really like at what point will we as as humankind just like become an entity in in a computer and mm -hmm. that's quite scary thinking about it yeah it is very interesting i wonder right some people after this is all over, maybe some people find, maybe people, what do you call it? The pendulum swing way too far on one side. Then they're like, why do I even meet people anymore? Let me just always video conference people and don't meet in person. I wonder if, I wonder how many people will fall to that. Although I'm sure some people given the chance would like to still meet in person, but we'll, we'll see. I think, yeah it's it's a this whole covid situation is really shaking down it's, it gives like a, an ice bucket like a water wow here's an impact let's see what comes after that yeah shaking things around and and it's not just a covid situation i feel like a lot of other things as well like the amount of hurricanes that are have been coming this year mm. are like so much more than than every year before uh, okay. And and well, at least I read an article about that recently, saying that the amount of hurricanes that like the amount of devastation they have and like the strengths they have, it's been so much more than every other year before. Oh, is it like hurricanes around the world in general? Yes, in general. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. And um, like the recently, there was the warmest day on earth recorded again mm -hmm. a new one probably around somewhere near la i think it was uh, i wonder if it's i wonder if it's the death valley death valley yeah it's probably death valley, it's probably <laughs> yeah, death valley. as the name suggests it's, but, it's really really hot there oh definitely like it's there's one point in i think in um in la which is death valley and another one in china uh and those two points have like the the highest they're battling around every year like the highest recorded temperature or something like this but it feels like nature itself is just rising up a little bit because we've been neglecting it with our petrol cars and um well, i think you say gas right 
I'm not sure. Like the like greenhouse um, gas gases, cars. gas cars, yeah. Yeah, greenhouse gases we do, like the CO2 pollution. And um, it's finally, nature just suddenly realized, was like, look, I'm going to show you. Um, you got to change something. And not, I think not just the, the corona pandemic, everything right now is just pointing towards us needing to be a little bit more nice, like with everything. I wonder if it's now that people are more comfortable with the idea of this, we're all connected, not through physical uh, means, like, oh, digitally, we can talk, we can still connect, even we're not in the same place at the same time. People are more comfortable with the idea of reading things, communicating people from their area than people outside of their borders. Now we feel more we of a feel connection, more of a connection with people around, with people the, around world. the world. Okay, got it. I hear echo. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, I'm back. Okay. Uh, I don't know what All happened. Right. Um, I think my uh, my headphone just just disconnected, but now it's uh, better. Now it's better. No worries. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was almost the end. Uh, yeah, but with oh, this no. whole we, we're connection, good. like we can keep going. I still have a lot lot of things I, I want to talk to you about. Oh no no yeah I'm oh. just saying that I yeah yeah. Uh, uh, I were, I'm just going to continue the sentence. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, maybe people now realize that we're all connected, right? We're part of the whole humankind in, or on Earth. And then waking up to this whole ecological climate, temperature, sea level rising, it all affects us. <laughs> Definitely does, definitely does, and um, it doesn't like nature doesn't care about if you are living in the US, if you're living in Germany, or if you're living in Japan. It like in front of nature, we're all the same. So mm-hmm. I think at a certain point we should also start to adapt that as well in our daily behavior. Um, there's so many problems out there and everywhere, and people rising up, people demonstrating about whatever they believe in and people also rallying behind the idea of a nationality right Mm. um i don't really agree with all of that necessarily of course i agree with voicing your opinion if you're unhappy voicing your opinion if you want some things to change and all of that is completely legal and completely fine yep but the way a lot of people like rally behind nationality i feel like is completely it's not up to date anymore like why do we have so many different states so many different countries out here currently when in the core we're basically all the same right Mm. um and i feel like that is something that throughout globalization has been slowly getting better and some places try it out like the eu trying to get a better more bigger global system right Mm -hmm. but um i don't think the system is the problem i think the problem is in the heart of the people that Mm. we even though we've been going far and it's like the 21st century a lot of people don't really accept that they are the same from someone else who's born half the way across the the globe Mm. and people here in germany saying no i don't like americans because they are so far apart and oh no i don't understand chinese because they got weird eyes no 
Like, why do you need to be racist about something you don't understand? Is it just because mm -hmm. you're scared? And if then, shouldn't we really focus on education everywhere to get everyone up to date, to get everyone to live abroad at least one year within their whole life, or I mean many more years if possible, to really get everyone to be more open, to be more globally understanding and to become to a, to a like general understanding of I am human instead of I am German. <laughs> yeah, realize that, right? Even people outside of their borders, there are similarities, there are differences, but ultimately we're, we're all humans with <laughs> variations. We're still like, we all still are subject to laws of physics or like we're, we're, we have we have different kinds of things we eat but we still you know we eat carbohydrates protein and fruits and vegetables just but in different kinds we do different things we have different cultures norms religions but i mean i think a significant part of what we do today are carryovers from past generations, right? Maybe what I do today is because of my great, 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 la 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 la, people a thousand years ago keep on doing. They're just passed around. Some things are not passed, or, uh, are not passed on because various reasons, but some things are passed on. And that would be some, maybe that could be some explanations of what we do today. They're different. But maybe what my ancestor do, what these people's ancestor do, what your ancestor people do, they will do for some reason. Because human nature, maybe because of the condition that necessitates them at the time, I don't know, climates or whatever food was available at the time. Mm -hmm. Yet, here we are. I think depending on what people's views are, some people view that when people are born, there are a blank slate. You know, what my ancestor did is something, but me, I am just me. And mm -hmm. then, you know, there's people, sh well, people could disagree with what I say, but people shouldn't judge each other's on what their ancestors did. That's not what, you know, I, I had no say in it, <laughs> you know, I wasn't alive back then. Um, so, yeah, but I think people... There's a spectrum of how much people associate what their ancestors do with what they... Sorry, there's so many days in this sentence, but like, think of a person X. What X does and how much of it is like attributed to what their, their ancestors did. Some people might say, oh, it's completely zero. They're completely different people, different mm -hmm. times. Some people think they're linked. And where, depending on where people are in this spectrum, that might be where humans' opinions differ about other ethnicities or other people across the border. Yeah, but um, I, I feel like the, the issue is, is not having different opinions. The issue is accepting other opinions. Mm -hmm. Right. Accepting that others have different opinions or like some, even something yes. like that. Or, yeah. It's because, well, we are all diverse. Uh, I, I personally believe it's very good to have a diverse set, basically a set of experience and a diverse set of friends. 
because you will always be challenged about something. A lot of mm. people don't really want to be challenged. They're not seeking discomfort. They want to be in their own small comfort bubble and they never want to go out of that. So, of course, they don't want to talk to someone they don't understand. They want to talk to someone they com completely agree with and that's fine. And that is how they want it from the moment they are born all the way um, until they die. But I personally believe that that is um, not necessarily true for everyone. And mm -hmm. a lot of that might also be on education. Um, so does education plant a seed of of um, uh, what is it called? Um, does education give you something that you're looking forward to? You're, you're trying to find out. Does it give you something you, you try to work towards? You feel interested? Mm, um, you mean like I, I curiosity? Like, yes, exactly. Curiosity. Um, I think that's a big part of what education is able to do. Um, and may, maybe not just education, but maybe the time when you're young, when you're growing up, what needs to happen? You need to have curiosity for something. You need to find your curiosity. And when you have that, then you can also build upon it and, and have a good life. And maybe that's what some people have with the ancestors, right? Like my mm -hmm. great grandpa, he told me um, stories of whatever was happening while he was abroad. And since then, I've been thinking like that. And for some people, that might not be the case, where their great grandpa is part of the, I don't know, Cuckoo clan. And then, of course, you're going to be part of it as well. So you have like this lineage and this tradition of being forced to do something. And if you don't have a way of looking across this border or looking outside of this border, you have no way to imagine something outside as well. Mm, and yeah, that's, that's why that's it. I, I think it's so hard for a lot of people also to accept something that um, we are actually all the same. Right? There's, there's so many people being racist, even though they don't really think they're racist. They're systemically racist because of um, whatever system we're in right now. Right, And um, me as well. Like Once you start noticing in your daily behavior, oh, dang, this one, I'm actually a little bit racist right now. You start to really figure out and find out where this comes from, even though you're not, never aware of it. You don't think you are in some kind of behavior you are because look at it i'm white like there is some things in my life where i have been racist probably so um it's my duty to look at it and to analyze it and to think about it and feel like look have i been willingly racist here or not and work towards making it better i can't make it disappear of course not but i can make it better and um i think not just this one topic but a lot of topic it's it's similar with what a lot of people need to do, right? Being more open, be more understanding and learn to listen most of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, I was going to say you brought up a good point about education and then having that curiosity. Like, I wonder how much, how much, uh, I'm sure, okay, I mean, how, <laughs> let me think of a phrase. Like how much people, like when people undergo education, right? Maybe they learn that they haven't known everything. And then they're like, oh, there's still more things to learn about. Mm 
there right. are still things out there. There are, you know, things to learn about culture, things about learned about animals or like right. science thing. With like to a certain degree, I wonder how many people when they grow up they already accept that oh yeah there's there's no more things to learn or there's a lot of things that i don't know i must keep on learning or like some of it might also be parental upbringing or some schools or education they 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 sort of open like they trigger something in that person like ah yes uh, now i need to learn more maybe uh yeah, I just thought that that's interesting. I think that that's what sets the wheel going. Once somebody's in that mindset, they will be more perhaps opening like, oh, yes, turns out there are more things that I don't know about. And like, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that people cannot be confident with what they're believing. Like, let's say I grew up learning X is something. You know, I learned it from mm. some people, and then maybe some from school or some textbooks or something. Maybe X is true or not, but I guess some people. I guess we, we I will have to, if if I'm presented with an uh, an evidence or an argument that actually X is not this, maybe yep. it's more complicated than I think. That and that knowing that things are just not black and white, it's not. It's not always clear. It's not always set in stone what things is. I guess one thing that came to mind, right? Uh, that what is that equation like? Shoot, I forget the person's name. Was it Isaac Newton? Yeah, that's Newton. Yeah, Newton came up with that like, oh, f is equals m a force is equal mass times acceleration. That's very widely accepted for many many long time, but modern days people learned about. Actually, that's not always true in all cases. It's true in most cases, but here are other places where that's not true. And, oh, yeah, we need to rethink about, you know, certain things. We have to go back and re-examine, like, what we've been doing this whole time. And then maybe there are things, you know, in some cases that that doesn't hold true. And maybe that's one example in physics, but... That attitude, I think, could be carried into another area, whether it's culture or food, cooking, dancing, politics. Like, I'm sh- like you know, if you learn about something, I'm sure it's... Okay, maybe I'm not sure. Maybe it's it's grounded in some truth. You know, you learn about something. Maybe it's true in some cases, in some time. But hey, there are some nuance, right? That's nuance, that little thing. That's where we have to be careful about and be open for discussion. Yeah. yeah, and you said mm-hmm. you said something about being challenged to, yeah, something that I worry not just in USA but in many places is that I wonder uh, how often people are presented with things that challenge their views, like how often when people are presented uh, uh, with with a, a some other maybe an evidence or a blog post or a news article about something that's the opposite. Like, do people stray away from that? They just dismiss it like, oh, no, that's 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 completely not true. Like, the author is biased or like, you're coming from this angle. You're part of this group. Nah. 
versus yep. actually listening like, hmm, let me check. I know you're maybe you're not repeatable or whatever. You're from this group, but let me see what you're saying. <laughs> I guess. Um, I think you're already going into a different topic with that as well because you mentioned mm -hmm. um, social media and blog posts, mm -hmm. which goes towards like modern media nowadays, right? Yeah. But if you think about it as uh, as far away as like I don't know, thirty years in the past, there has not been any of this most of the time. Oh like yeah, most yeah. people were just using um, normal media like um, papers and stuff like this. So, mm -hmm. um, and within that, you have basically like a, a, a rigid system of well, articles that don't really challenge you much outside of what you read in the papers and what you read in the papers is generally what you believe in. So mm. that's why a lot of from 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 back in the day to nowadays a lot of has changed in the way that you can just come across something that like challenges you or is different. Mm. But I still believe that a lot of that has also to do with with what your education looks like. What is your teacher like? Do they give mm. you hand you um, two different topics and then you have to debate it out for example in class mm. um, classical like finding your own interpretation and your own idea of one article and then finding okay which do I personally believe in well, which is the correct one because there mm. usually is not really one correct solution mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. and even if, if you find a solution that is correct for this case as you said with Newton's um, thing it might just be uh incorrect in another specific set of circumstances mm -hmm. so um rather than really focusing on saying well what i read or what my teacher is telling me right now is correct is like i should think about what i feel is correct and what i want to believe in and um really challenge myself in asking and then really digging deep and saying okay why do i believe this is Right, so like the the intro perspective or something. I feel like, mm -hmm. at, at least from from my um, me being brought up, we've not really been learning in school much. Mm. We have learned to think analytically here in Germany. Mm -hmm. um, that also probably has a lot to do with the the language we're speaking because German language is quite analytical. You can just oh. suck out all the emotion out of it and just talk objectively <laughs> about things. So, oh, interesting. I, yeah, I've had I've had a lot of interesting discussions with my girlfriend lately. When we fight, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I just shut down. I just shut down my head, and then suddenly there's no emotion in my head anymore. I just look like it's an everyday. I don't know. It's maybe it's a boring discussion or something. I don't laugh and I don't cry and I don't show any emotion, and that's the moment she just completely gets off the rails and gets gets angry or get gets gets sad about it because I'm not showing anything because I'm at that huh. moment completely in analytical mode and thinking of what is she saying why is she saying that what am I saying what is this happening and just analyzing all the the word and everything that's coming in instead of feeling actually what's going on and feeling trying to to I'm just trying to find out why she's angry instead of um, looking at me and seeing, okay, 
be more human at this point instead of being a robot, right? And and do you think how much of that is part to partly language and part of that? How much is you think due to your upbringing? Um, I think a part of well, my upbringing in the way that my dad is quite similar. Mm, Okay. Um, that is part of it. Um, so basically, you learn from the best and you learn from the worst as well, right? Um, so you learn all your flaws uh, that your parents have and you learn all the good things your parents have. And while that is one of the traits my dad has that helped him quite a lot, I think, in his work, um, it might have also not helped him in his love life. Because mm-hmm. if you just pull out all the emotion, at the that point, you're just... You're not really a human anymore, right? If you just think about anything analytically and in this one moment think, well, if you say this to me, you know what? We could just break up, right? So mm-hmm. it even goes all the way to that point where I'm thinking like that. I'm like, at this moment, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything for this person that's sitting across me because I am um, um, invested in this relationship. Yes, but right now I'm not. Right now I'm just analyzing everything and I see the downside that is happening because you are right now talking to me and telling me how bad I am that something is happening and I don't see that when analyzing everything I don't see the problem so I think it's more a escape mechanism in my point of view right now Um, I'm still learning a lot and I'm still trying to find the bottom of where this is coming from and if it just is the language but I believe language is also a big part because on one hand, the German language has the possibility to really express a lot of things very objectively. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, the Japanese language has the ability to express everything in a different level of um, complexity with being nice to someone else, right? You had different levels of talking to someone. You got Keigo and you got Kenjiro and all of everything above, right? So you got four or five mm-hmm. different levels of talking to someone with a higher and lower status. And German language has the same thing with just making things like very objective and pulling out the emotion. And apparently Chinese Mm -hmm. language has the same thing with um, being emotional and showing different levels of of, of emotion there. I'm I'm not sure about that. I just read about this. And Mm -hmm. um, with people being bilingual, at least like talking right two languages, you also feel like the second language you're talking is also the one you're generally more objective in. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't talking German with her. I was talking English with my girlfriend. So mm-hmm. we kind of just had my second language, which I am generally much more objective in anyways, because I'm, even though I'm not thinking of what I'm saying anymore, I'm still, still much more drawn away. So... Um, and that is that is true for everyone. So if you, if you give give um, I, I remember a statistic that I read a while back. Um, they tested bilingual people and yeah. asked them the same question but twice. So there was one oh. question that's still sticking in my mind. They asked a Jap- ha- Japanese half person that is um, bilingual in English and in Japanese, mm-hmm. and they asked her um, a question about her family, right? Like. Yeah. 
when all the family getting to, is getting together, then dot dot dot, and she need to answer. And in Japanese, this was was more like a um, when all the family is getting together, I'm happy that everyone is healthy and fine and here. And the, her answer in English to the same question in English was, I'm feeling sad because or because I want to be more individualist. I want to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. So the answer was from being individualistic to being, well, I'm happy that my family is all right. Um, yeah. And that doesn't really have anything to do with the person. You, you, you think it would have to do a lot with personality, right? Yeah. But it also has a lot to do with what language you're using and in what yeah. mindset you're, you're being at that point. And the question is really, is it just the language or is it also the culture that comes with it? Or do you think rather think... So my question is in that case then, if I'm half here, if I think in English, but talk in Japanese, would that change anything? Yeah. <laughs> and where is it really that. coming from, right? Yeah. It would be very interesting, like, how those, how the people who are designing that experiment or this phenomenon, right, how do they decide, dissect it, right? When a person is bilingual, well, okay, I'm thinking of a stereotypical case when people learn multiple languages sometimes it's for a reason or maybe okay maybe not always yeah for sometimes it's for a reason sometimes it says oh because that's how it's done in their country or in their town right but sometimes it's because of reason because they want to go to a different country or they need to learn it because they are being stationed in a different place etc therefore not only they learn the second language in a different time, but in a different context. Right. Uh, let's take it a sample, say random example. Let's say I learn Japanese completely in the context of uh, yosakoi or dancing. Mm-hmm. Then the words that I use in Japanese will, for the most part, might be related to the dancing, the culture, or about yosakoi and people that talk there. But my vocabulary are not. I would. It wouldn't be exposed to things like politics or economics or like family values or or those things. But maybe because I just don't get to listen to such thing or speak about such a thing in Japanese. Uh, this is just hypothetical example, by the way. Right. <laughs> and so I wonder when presented with a fill in the blank kind of question, the mind produce already some sort of association like the, the language and the culture and the context in which this person learned the second language they're somewhat interconnected so i think that would be interesting how i can give to, you an example to... oh yeah good um because i i believe you're 100 percent correct with that um my example is me learning japanese I have, for my life, always been intro, introverted, introspective, and not really outgoing much. And mm-hmm. the older I get, the more, well, the older, I guess, the, the more, um, more near towards that sense of becoming an adult I get, um, the more trust I get in myself, the more I become 
fine with talking with people and even with people I don't know yet. As a child, I wasn't able to really talk with anybody except people I knew. And even as a teenager, I had big issues talking with people. But the the longer it got on, and after getting into university, it got way better. Mm-hmm. And uh, nowadays, what I still have is sometimes on like business situations, I have the this. It's like when you're when you're going up on a high place and you start to 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 look down and you're like mm, you're not scared like if, if you're not scared of heights like you're not really mm-hmm. scared but you're like a little bit weird feeling in your heart and you're like a little bit like spongy feeling mm-hmm. that's yeah. what i get when i talk to people sometimes uh. um so it's it, it's a mix between between like being in the out of the comfort zone and being um like scared of 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 getting people like opening up to people and feeling feeling scared of being judged and stuff like that so it's a mix of everything but what i want to come down to is um that has gotten better and especially through german and my english as well um both of these languages completely now most of the time it, it's been completely revoked and fine However, in university time, um, I, for the most part, was still not that outgoing. I was still holding back. And my Japanese, I needed to learn Japanese. And the best way I found to learn Japanese... Excuse me? Okay. The best way I found um, to learn Japanese was to talk to other people. Mm-hmm. So I learned and I... I forced myself basically into this this position of learning to just remove a filter. So whenever I was talking to a Japanese person, I was just removing every filter and just mm-hmm. compl- talking in Japanese just to get it going. And that's why within one year I was able to speak the language. Uh, because right. I wasn't mm-hmm. holding back. I was just whenever I was meeting with someone to learn. So we have the same thing called tandem. Tandem, like um, coupling, like multiple people. Tandem. Yes, I don't know if the same word is used in English, but it's like it's a language exchange basically. You're meeting oh, up yeah, and yeah. you're talking both languages and you're ex- ex- explaining for each other, like mm. basically unprofessional lessons. Mm. So you have the other person talk in your native language and you talk in their native language, and this way you get better at, mm. at talking. And I was doing that all day long, and I was. Um, using every opportunity I had just to speak Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, you can imagine that in the beginning, it's, it's quite difficult because everyone has difficulties speaking a new language, especially if you don't know the grammar, if, if you don't, you feel scared of talking. And mm-hmm. I was just pushing myself through that so hard that my Japanese and my character now in Japan when I'm talking Japanese is completely different than my character when I'm talking in English or in German. Yeah, and um, whenever I'm I'm in English and German, I'm more analytical. I'm more held back. I'm, I'm of course I'm I'm still I'm I'm getting towards being a little bit outgoing, but there's still a big disconnect between that character and the Japanese character, which is completely just going boom 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 and trying to talk to everyone and not stopping. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like I I got both of the extremes when I don't really know 
much of what's going on in a Japanese business environment, for example, I'm like doing nothing and I'm always reverting back to the only thing I know, which is like going into myself and not talking at all and being quiet. And while if I feel at least a little bit confidence, I'm completely going on the opposite side of the spectrum, which is like completely outgoing and talking about everything and just occasionally also making weird comments like because Japan is a different culture. People don't really are are not really that outgoing out there. So it hasn't really I haven't really found the best mix of it to that that goes into being accepted by the Japanese people. Mm. Which would be more something like me right now in German or English language. And I personally believe that everything is me and that I have one thing that I am, right? Everything mm -hmm. is just coalescing towards one singular me, mm -hmm. which is as well outgoing as well as uh, intro perspective and introverted as well. But I'm not able to express it too well enough or not well enough in Japanese right now. So I'm just leaning towards those two extremes somehow. So, to give you a very elaborate answer uh, uh, or example, I think um, the the place and how you learn a language has a lot to do with how you behave or how you think or how you change as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, for for some people, it might it even goes all the way to towards like um, I I know somebody who had a Korean girlfriend. And they broke up and he was hurt so much that he thought like, whoa, I hate this country. I'm never going to go there ever, ever. And never did. Mm. Like people get hurt just from being with someone from another nationality. Mm. Um, it doesn't have much to do with, with language, but this is just another thing that just yeah, came yeah. up in my mind. It's, it's weird that um, like nationality and culture and like all of this can just, just give us some some feeling, even though sometimes it really has nothing to do right and the way i learned the language or the, the the situation where i learned the language should also not have to do how i speak it but somehow it does yeah it's interesting it reminds me what you described earlier reminds me somebody once said that neurons you know the cells in our brain uh someone once said that neurons that fire together oh shit, i forgot the second half but something about when neurons fire together, they build stronger connection, like association. Yes. So even two things that are completely unrelated, but if they somehow fire together, maybe because of two things are mentioned in the same time or in the same sentence, somehow that connection in brain just happens. I think, I don't know, okay. Uh, like, like I'm thinking of that, that sort of you might have heard that psychological experiment about the dog and the bell, like Pavlovian, right? This this person, the scientist, they did he did where whenever he rings a bell, he puts out a food, or vice versa. I think when the he puts out food for his dog, he rings a bell, yep. and then that starts creating an association in the, I guess in the dog's brain that oh bell food bell food, yep. even though they're not related at all but through that temporal 
that things that happen together in the same time it just creates that that connection in the brain and it is really interesting i wonder like what factors influence that sort of connection i wonder if some people are more not prone i guess are more prone susceptive yeah to this sort of association thing or like what can people do to avoid creating this sort of association right like i guess this ties back together into earlier uh, when you talked about like racism and other things i wonder if some people through their traits or their upbringing or whatever are more susceptible or are more they're more hardened they don't get they don't build this association as easily or maybe even better they can selectively do that that would be interesting right because some people yeah and and i wonder if that has changed from back in the day to now and if we are getting more susceptible susceptible to some of these things or if you're getting generally less susceptible or if this Mm -hmm. like has not changed at all for millions and millions of years right because believing that what we're doing nowadays um this has to be part of evolution Mm -hmm. so does it does it really change throughout the time and i would love to talk to some kind of neuroscientist about that or something to to dig deep because it's a fantastic topic and Yeah, what you said about the dogs, that's also how you train dogs, right? Mm-hmm. If you train a dog to say sit, you give him, if he sits, you give him a small snack and he understands, okay, snack, sitting, if she says sit, I need to sit and then I get a snack. Yep. And at a certain point, you just stop giving the snacks and the dog still does it. Yeah. And that means he listens to you, right? Be- yeah. I, I don't know what keeps the dog still making to sit. Is it still, do they still have the same dopamine impact in their head of, yes, I get the snack, even though they don't get the snack anymore? Or what does it mean for a dog to listen to you? Mm-hmm. That's also, I would be really interested in to, to finding out where does this come from? Like, if they are susceptible to this, this change of, of learning, um, what keeps the dog from saying, well, you know what? You don't give me the snack anyway, so I don't sit. But if you say sit, they still sit. If it's a well-trained dog, they're definitely going to do it. Yeah. And, and there's some... It's, oh, it's a weird thing, yeah. Yeah. I wonder, some, I wonder how much of it is because it's literally just pure raw association in their brain and then they just do it unconsciously. And I wonder some part, how much of it's actually conscious decision on their part. Like, like oh, if yeah, like you said, I, even if I don't get a snack... I understand like sitting oh sorry like i guess yeah if i if the person human says sit then i will s- s- sit it's almost like 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 in those fiction if some two people from differing languages um they don't know like let's say a and b they're trying to communicate uh they're trying to explain a word like you know this word means i know leg for example <laughs> super random but if you if you can somehow signal to the other person this word means leg and then you can have a signal yes no and you can use that signal and keep on saying yes i feel like that i wonder if that's that's how language get communicated in the very beginning because 
yeah, yeah. It's, it's not very structured thought, <laughs> but somebody did, and I, I don't know if you want to. We can continue through this uh, topic. It's like sub, somewhat psychology, but somebody, some other, so Pavlovian Ivan Pavlov did that experiment. Somebody else did try to take this further. B.F. Skinner. Actually, I don't know if Pavlov and Skinner knew each other. Mm, but this Skinner person, you know Skinner, yeah, like they did this experiment. Okay, they tried to vary whether the stimulus, like the the bell or the food, they tried to make it. Okay, what if I do it consistently, or what if I do it more randomly? Which one is quote quote better at keeping a lasting impact to this behavior? And I think. If I remember correctly, I read this all in textbook when I was in right. college. Something about if the reward is randomized, that actually creates a more long-lasting behavior after the part of training. Exactly. So that, yeah. <laughs> he found out. Well, I I I think um, what he found out is if you just drop random food in, what the person or what the what the pigeon I think in his case it was yeah yeah pigeon uh, associates the food to is the behavior they had in that one moment so mm-hmm. um just no uh, just looking back at what we as a history has been doing right a rain mm-hmm. dance mm-hmm. like yeah it's been the rain came down after we started dancing so we be and we did it twice and three times and then oh suddenly it happened after a while after a day after a week or something so it definitely must be because of our rain dance right mm-hmm. so there's a very good example of an association that really doesn't make sense if you think about it yeah. uh, nowadays but in back in the day it was completely accepted mm-hmm. and i think that's the same that's the same thing he found out with with pigeon right that um, whenever they went to food, the one pigeon was just laying down flat on their back because, yeah, that is what the pigeon was doing at the very beginning when the food came in and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, when I do that, the food will come in soon. And yeah. um, it's weird that this is such a strong, strong thing that even uh, like a lot of uh, a whole group of humans in the end, like all of us, the whole humanity really adopted it towards like like shaping us and our behaviors and our events, right? Um, Yosakoi must come from something as well and the dance. Mm-hmm. All of that might be found in, in, in some kind of ritual right there. And there is reasons for rituals and there's reasons for rain dances and stuff like this. So yeah, like I, that part, uh, it's, it's really impressive. I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, psychology is interesting. I used to, it is. Uh, I guess when I was in college, at least, I took some intro classes in psychology and got really interested at these findings. I guess right. more, I was more fascinated that, oh, all of these things, somebody has at least, you know. Okay, some, some things in psychology are more replicatable than others, but the fact that they find this in this uh relationships like not just the pavlovian thing the skinner thing but also all, all sorts of things those are very fascinating to read to say the least although yeah. i did i think if i i'm saying this but i don't i don't think i would do well in psychology if i were to continue that path <laughs> i think there's a lot of math and statistics how, uh, yeah how come there. how come you're thinking that one 
Yeah, because I, I mean, you, you're an IT person, so you, you should know math and statistics. That's right. I mean, yeah, to a certain, to a certain extent, I know, but I think the sort of math and statistics there are way deeper than 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 I know than probably what I would like to care to know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm that kind of person who you know I really like math to a certain extent. Like there's that part about um, what do you call it? I don't really. I like the part like like say when people discovered derivatives or like calculus. Like oh, it's amazing, right? Oh, this rate of change can be. Uh, you can connect multiple concepts and then through uh, these symbols and these equations those are pretty interesting but it's, it's interesting to the point where as the math gets deeper they represent more and more abstract things and that's yeah. when it starts getting out of my interest level I guess like <laughs> like Rate of change. Okay, I, I don't know why I'm sticking to calculus. I think I stick to calculus because that's the last thing. I, that's the most advanced math I learned. I learned like us, oh, calculus and and trigonometry some a long mm. time ago. But beyond that, like, it it doesn't group. seem to be very practical, in the way we use. It, yes, like the most mm. practical. Even though, I I disliked it most in in school as well is, um. Uh, what is it called? Like, um, is percentages, right? It's like, mm -hmm. okay, if you flip a coin, like all of this, what is it called? Like a probability? Probability, yes. Like that is really, really important for everything we do. Mm -hmm. Like if you're coding, if you're doing anything, like if you're doing graphs or like a lot of nowadays math, it's just probability analysis and uh, stuff like that. But, that's that's even though that's the one we use most that's the one everyone seems to hate the most as well mm. it's hard to uh what do you call it anchor it in your head i think uh, i i don't have data on this but i i would like to believe that it's easier to learn things when you have things to anchor to in your head like some mm. some concept like Oh yeah, rate of change, acceleration, you know, car speed, etc. There's something they can connect between those things and mm. uh, some real life, yeah, practical concepts like you mentioned, practicality. But I guess this goes back to associations because when things get more and more abstract, when things are more, as they get more disconnected from things you see every day, I think it's getting harder to latch it's hard to have the idea stick in the mind or just to conceptualize like you learn oh you read this couple of equations and sentences but what do they really mean <laughs> like you can read it but it's not like if i read those sentences yeah i read it but i don't really get it <laughs> yeah that's think... an interesting thought yeah Think that's, that's an interesting be. thought connecting those those two topics there yeah <laughs> like so basically what you're saying is it depends on the teacher part the, of it it's, yeah. if the child can if or if if the if the student can learn it if you if the teacher can make good associations between math and well 
learning math and math mathematic concepts then the students are more eager to learn it basically yeah yeah and i think this goes beyond math too like some of the things at work for example we like in when we talk about training sometimes we believe that we don't want to unload you know when we train a person there's a difference between hey let me give you three pages of things to read versus you know what let me make it very easy for you, you like you will learn this thing when you run into like like a like okay maybe maybe phrase it this way it'll stick better if you learn something when you read something when you need it i think about like say let me see here's a random example you're trying to program an android app and you try to do something you you can read read about it a couple of chapters in a textbook some will stick but if you try to do something you need that something i want to show a button i want it to do this you you spend a couple hours trying to do it because ah it's confusing it's not doing the right thing i want you're forced to read it and then in that moment you're really focused on what needs to happen and then when you read all the the steps on it then that connection will last longer and so yeah some something like that it's like there's only a, there's a limit to how much you can learn by just reading it ahead of time versus kind of trickling it in little by little near the moment when you need it and i think some people probably can do really well with the first method where they just learn it ahead of time read a lot but thing i think maybe for i think the the second method might be when you have something practical something in real something graspable that's makes it easier for other people i think it has a lot to do with your attention span and the mm-hmm. way you are invested in this problem mm. because if you really like there's sometimes you read a text and you just understand it you mm-hmm. just it clicks and you're like wow i understand it i just spent 10 minutes reading this two three pages long whatever and i completely understand it and i'm fine and you don't need to visit back you just have all the main points in your head and everything mm-hmm. but at another point the day you just read the same text the same length text and you mm-hmm. just don't understand it and then you read it again and again and again and you you spend one two hours reading this text one more time and one more time one after the other and you at the end you come out you feel like wow i still don't understand it at all even mm-hmm. though it doesn't need to be a, a really like complex concept right mm-hmm. so um i feel like a lot of that is also just wired differently in our brains that if we have something we're interested in or if we are like it's part of mm, how do i phrase it more like i think it's more like part of urgency as well Mm. so imagine you're in school and suddenly an earthquake is happening yeah and the first thing you think of is yeah i need to finish my test now before i run out no of course you don't (laughs) like you 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 get underneath your desk and you try to be safe for falling rocks yeah um so in that time it's like you don't really 
you can't concentrate on learning at all even yeah. if everything would would still be going on or like if you're inside the burning house right mm-hmm. and if you're forced to 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 solve a problem like your head is thinking of everything else you need to spend like a copious amount of effort to calm yourself down to really focus on this issue and that's why for example if you if you dive right if you're diving scuba diving mm-hmm. um the first thing you learn is stay calm at every time anything that happens because if you're not calm you'll die mm-hmm. so in that point if you lose your your snorkel or if you lose your 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 pump out of your mouth you just need to grab for your octopus or like signal something to your dive body or something but whatever you do do not overreact calm down and keep your mind going and slowly think through all the possibilities because you have still a lot of breath in your mouth in your in your your lung like Mm -hmm. a human can hold breath for three minutes without a problem actually um, mm. sure, after a while you start convulsing because you really need to breathe, but within this time you should still find something or have the other, your body help you and get you mm. new air. So that's the first thing you learn. Just calm down and try to keep your mind focused because if you don't, you just die. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I think that's also a lot of how we can get better at learning. If if we're always distracted by our phones, by mm. something that's going on outside, something in our head of, I don't know, our relationship, our parents' relationship, our, our friends, our school, or whatever. And we really, I still think, like, need to learn how to learn. Mm. And I'm definitely not good at that at all. Like... I'm lately I've had a very bad day-to-day rhythm and bad sleep Mm -hmm. so um, I've been trying to get back on track and getting up early in the morning um, doing like something like a meditation or some breathing techniques in the morning having a cold shower and after that I feel great Mm. and I think if I do that and this is the time after I do my shower and then get out if I have one or two hours I could spend learning I think I would just start to learn things like really really fast because my mind is clear I just went through a stressful situation so my brain is like really really pumping and feeling good and wanting to do something is ready to to take up new information and I think that's that's one of the things that that really could could help you learn or get better at learning if you once get a specific time to focus after you have a stressful period so after after you do something stressful like working out or like cold showers or something then take one or two hours on 100 percent focus on something you want to learn so something you really are invested in as well and then i think you get better quite quickly on this yeah focus that's interesting yeah the image in my head is like there's a rain, there's a storm, you want to put an umbrella <laughs> and protect that precious thing with an umbrella <laughs> so they don't get disturbed. Yeah, the three minutes thing is interesting. We should try that right now. I'll hold my breath. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I, I did. Um, do you know Wim Hof? Wim Hof? No, I, I don't Hof. know. It doesn't ring a bell. No, you could Google him. He's, he's a um, guy from Netherlands. Um, uh-huh. He's also called like the Iceman. 
because he has copious amounts of world records of standing in a cubic uh, cubic oh, meter wow. of ice or sitting in a cubic meter of ice. <laughs> wow! And it looks really cold. <laughs> yeah, he has like done like I don't know half an hour, an hour, something like in a cubic meter of ice, like boop, sitting in there. <laughs> And doctors have looked at it. It's really impressive stuff he does. And um, the interesting thing is he has a breathing technique. He's been been focusing on like it, explaining it to people. And one mm-hmm. thing I read one study, um, like a university yeah. in the Netherlands did, and um, they found out that he has the ability to control his autoimmune system oh, through wow. his breathing. What he does is he forces his body to make more adrenaline, and that stops him from and gets gets his immune system up and helps him against um, illnesses and uh, the cold uh, the, uh, the flu mm-hmm. and um, there's one specific uh, quite famous of for like from him quite famous um, study that he, he did is he took five people five normal people mm-hmm. one week and gave them um, his breathing technique to say you got to do this to get better and mm-hmm. they had him and his five pupils and then five other people that were like the normal normal people that are just the control group mm-hmm. and what they did is they they gave everyone like killed um, virus shells mm-hmm. like the flu virus like, shells like vaccines uh, kind of yeah intravenous uh, intra intra like in their yeah, yeah. IV yeah. in the bloodstream IV mm-hmm. and um, what they did is like that gives them like feeling uncomfortable so like basically flu-like symptoms after an hour of them being injected and then after another hour or so you'll be completely fine again so nothing wild but something really to figure out how this technique really changed it mm-hmm. and when he was allowed with his other five pupils to do his breathing technique mm-hmm. like which is basically a little bit of hyperventilation And what they found is that he and his pupils, which learned it for one week, um, didn't really have any changes through their bodies. They didn't feel sick. They didn't have headaches. um, Mm -hmm. But they were laying in the bed and like concentrating on this breathing for half an hour. Mm -hmm. And the other ones showed normal flu-like symptoms. Mm. So within this study, he basically just showed that within, of course, a really small amount of people that um, it is possible to control, to control that and to 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 force your body in a aroused state of of um, like stress just from breathing differently. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've I've sometimes done that, and um, it helped me out to really calm down as well. And it helped me out to, because he suggests you do the breathing technique and then hop into a cold shower and ice bath. And it's impressive. Like, I have not done it for one year straight, like every day. Mm-hmm. But I've felt like... <clears throat> so two years ago, I had... Um, after every shower, I had like pastels like ulcers in my oh. on my on my on my arm or something like oh, my 
like hives. You know hives? Yeah, yeah, like when yeah, like basically similar hives. to what we have allergies. Similar. Yes, to yes, 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 and it had a lot to do with allergies as well. And I had that every day, and it was itchy every day. So, and then I started. I, I did this breathing technique for like four months throughout um, throughout winter. Yeah. And after that, it just stopped. I it what got way less of itchiness and it just suddenly the next year in the winter I didn't have it anymore this this allergic reaction so I don't know if if, if that breathing technique or that did it for me but um, a lot of people with autoimmune diseases and something tell that his technique is really helping a lot of those those kind of kind of diseases and um, I feel like it's also helping in terms of like you know like concentration because after you do this after you you flush flush it out your body have a cold shower boom you're, you're ready to go because well i at least in this one moment they always think like well who else in my company is this crazy to do this stuff <laughs> um so look i'm the best here i can do everything now yeah i see yeah it's definitely interesting like well one one point that seems like there's always new things in medicine to discover look into and study second thing is how we we think like we're in control complete control of our body and for the most part i guess that's true and when it comes to learning or something definitely we can pull some tricks on ourselves like to reset focus like you can like ah slap your cheeks focus focus or like sometimes what i do at work when i get too saturated let me just take a quick break, short nap, 20 minutes, and then reset and come back. And then I can be more focused and then do my work better. Like, we're like, uh, we, we, we control our body, but we're, we're kind of, we're still here. <laughs> I think some conceptually, we're like a pilot for, we're controlling our body and we're the brain here, up here. Yeah. Yeah. The Gundam. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. All flying gun and pilots. <clears throat> yeah, but it's interesting. And all these tricks, it's... It, they are necessary for a lot of... a lot of ways, because we are bad at motivating ourselves like mm. we are bad at doing stuff that is uncomfortable mm. so we really need a lot of these tricks to really keep ourselves going and um to like trick ourselves always because part of us doesn't really want to do that part of us doesn't really want to like learn new stuff because they it would just be happy just sitting around doing nothing mm. yeah. it's, it's all it's always weird you know looking at it like this and that brings me to another point as well because we were talking about neurons before um and you said there's when two neurons fire together they this gets associated right mm -hmm. so some people associate taste with color mm. or like um something like if those two neurons are just somehow connected and fire always at the same time they continue firing at the same time so yeah. um you just 
you just connect like words with color, for example. Yeah. Um, that that happens quite a lot, and yeah. it's no wonder that, it, especially like so. So looking from my own experience, is like smell is really strongly associated with a lot of different feelings often. Like whenever mm-hmm. I smell something or whenever I hear something, smelling and hearing is so deeply connected with a lot of feelings for me often. Like there's gonna be a song that you have that if you listen to it, you just completely boom from one one state of your mind completely to a different state of mind because you just listen to this one song and you're like, wow, this is the song I broke up with my first girlfriend shit mm-hmm. and like you're completely <laughs> back into that day and you're back into those feelings and you're back feeling sad about it and then other times there's like oh yeah this is the song i heard when i don't know i graduated school or i i married my, my current partner right and you're like boom this is completely uplifting and um even often without you even noticing it you just yeah. have these these small hooks somewhere and if you if you can choose between street a or street b and you just there's some kind of way for you to make a decision between going to street a or b even though if they are completely the same you still have a preference in these either is it 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 is smell or whatever you see or there's something that keeps you and makes you decide to go on one of these sides and you don't really notice why it is as well as if you smell something you don't really notice what it is you just get somehow a feeling you know this deja vu feeling where you're like oh man i just remembered and you don't know why you remembered it but it was something that was connected to something that you smelled at that time yeah and yeah it's really really impressive on how much we can either motivate or demotivate ourselves even though also like not through any fault of our own um and just what what is around us basically so I think it's probably in that way also then very much possible to make a good habit out of learning. So if you always con- connect something, like a lot of people have that with their alarm clock, right? It's always the mm-hmm. same, always the same song. Yeah. And if you hear the same song every time you wake up, you at some point start to dread that song. Yeah. <laughs> but at some point, even though like that's why back in the day i used to use my favorite songs as my alarm clock yeah me now too. i don't do that anymore because those <laughs> songs are not my favorite songs anymore <laughs> because they are still somehow connected to oh yeah i need to wake up yeah and you just have this one song and you hear it and you're like boom oh i'm awake and it just has this power over you because you've always been using it as an alarm clock and you never stop and this is what it does for you yeah Seems like that's a. I like to think of it as a good way to hate a song. Like, oh, I want to hate this. Song. <laughs> just can use it as an alarm clock. Like, oh yeah, gradually I'll just learn to not like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, I that's like, what it comes down to. I like to think of that. That my my personal hypothesis on how flavors are learned. Like people like to say like, oh yeah, or alcohol or beer or wine. That's what it, they said. It's a learned taste. Like people who at their beginning don't, maybe they don't like the taste of beer, eventually they'll begin to appreciate it. Maybe they like it more. But yeah, related to that, my hypothesis is that I think if people drink 
say beer or a soda or some champagne only in certain special occasions i think they begin to begin they begin to build that neuron connection that they that sort of association like oh yes this champagne reminds me of parties like oh yeah now champagnes always taste good or something uh, personally uh, i like to think i like to believe that since when we have uh, uh, like friends gathering well usually there's beer and <laughs> and then whenever yeah. i drink beer when i'm uh, uh, just relaxing in an afternoon or evening i like to think back like oh i, I drink this drink it reminds me of those times so like right. i wonder if like I wonder if the only reason I like drinking beer is because of that association. <laughs> yeah, that's Curious. very interesting because I don't like drinking beer. Mm. So what does it mean for me? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, maybe like, yeah, I, at the very beginning, I didn't like it either, which means oh, yeah, you, you can be my control. I, <laughs> you can start that's... drinking beer only at parties and then see <laughs> Well, I, I did that throughout uh, all my teens, right? Uh, and after yeah. my teens, I basically stopped drinking beer because I didn't like it. Mm. And I didn't really acquire the taste for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, acquired um, taste. There you go. That's the word. So, yeah, like, I don't I don't know if that means that all my teens and the parts over there weren't really that good and didn't enjoy it. And that's why I don't like the beer. I don't know, but yeah, that's really, really interesting thing to dive yeah. in that I probably need to think about it a little bit more. Yeah. I still remember, like, this is funny, but I still remember uh, uh, the earlier, you know, the first few times I started drinking beer. Like, I remember, like, I can picture in my head, oh, at that time I was in this bar in Wisconsin. I, I don't remember the name of the beer, but, oh, yeah, it's dark. It tasted kind of like this. And I also still remember in some summer, I drank this brand of beer. <laughs> and then now whenever I look at that brand of beer, like, oh, yeah, I remember that summer, that house, that apartment that I was in, started making this association like, oh, yeah, this brand is this. This brand reminds me of that other thing. This brand reminds me of that other time. Maybe because maybe that's the first time I drank that brand or because of other reasons started making that mental map <laughs> between beer brands and some events in my life yeah, yeah. i i had the same like deja vu moment right now when you said that mm -hmm. you have this mental map connected between beer and situations but yeah. I don't know what I wanted to say, <laughs> but <laughs> I have okay. a similar. I have a similar thing, um, and there, there it goes again, right? See, this is the connection, right? You said something, and I connected it to something else, and this connects it to what I wanted to say, but I just suddenly forgot because it's just such a shallow, shallow mm -hmm. moment. There's just such a like, no, shallow is not the correct word. It's like a fleeting such a fleeting moment mm -hmm. um where you just make this association and um you can't always really really grasp it yeah maybe we're all like neurons if each human is a neuron <laughs> just keep on saying things and it'll trigger responses in other people 
oh maybe that's why it's viral right when social media is viral we're like a network of people network of neurons you can model people as like clusters oh yeah as you know stimuli enters this group of people start to group together and these other ones separate and group the other way yeah um, <laughs> and this is also very very interesting from uh, like a statistic point of view right mm-hmm. uh, because there is at numerous times throughout history has been inventions made across the world at basically the same time so mm-hmm. people that didn't even know each other they had no connection to each other whatsoever like um what is it like uh light bulbs as far as i remember light bulbs were invented at the same time at completely different places wait what, who was it edison in the uk i think and yeah thomas alpha edison is one thomas of edison, yeah and then like it, it was someone else i think who found it out first but he just made it happen or something like that and then someone somewhere else like in, in china or so i think invented it at the same time and then um, other things like uh, th- th- there's there's numerous things of well, numerous accounts of this happening um, throughout history. So yeah, like the question really is is it like the cars, cars for example as well, mm-hmm. like basically being invented at the same time, two different companies. Um, it's interesting that they all. Oh, sorry, good. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just I was gonna comment. It's interesting that eventually they, the cars, even though different countries, different people, you know, they probably all started from different ideas and different design, but now after a long, long time pass, they converge to some similar ideas. Maybe like they respond to markets or like how people behave. It's, it's interesting that. They will converge to one thing, and probably remain undisturbed for a while until, in some point in the future, there's an innovation like, "Wow, actually, if you do this, it will completely change the game." And then cars all started uh, going one direction. I guess. Well, mm-hmm. I think we we're, we're seeing this currently with electric cars. Mm-hmm. Look how I, like Tesla, for example, is rated. It's rated mm-hmm. so high on the stock index. Um, I mean, recently I think it dropped a lot, but like it's rated so much higher than all the established uh, long-term really, really big companies that make cars like Benz or like Mercedes, which is Benz, like Daimler, I don't know, but like so much higher, even though it's just like this small company that is just hyped up. Hmm. And they don't even, they don't sell, not even not close the number of the volume of sales right no not at all yeah. and f- from my experience here from what my colleagues have told me like the the experience of buying a tesla in germany is really bad as well because oh, everyone really? working at tesla is just well basically a cock right everyone is like really stuck up and really like mm-hmm. oh yeah we are the best company so you just gotta gotta deal with it so a friend of mine recently bought a Tesla and he needed to get it from uh, the delivery place, right? So mm-hmm. they did, didn't deliver it to his house, so he needed to go there and get it. So he got, yeah. went over and um, what they did is they told him, well, here's the plaques and here's the, there's the keys. 
the car is standing somewhere outside, so you got to find it yourself. <laughs> it's like, what? Well. Why do you can't just show it to me? Yeah. And wow. um, no, they just so you need to go find his car and then put his own like um, number plate on there as well mm -hmm. instead of them doing that. Wow. And within the same time, he still also needed to check check his car for like any damages or scratches um when it was coming out of out of production and yeah. um yeah he, he needed to do that basically also in the same time and they handed him the keys and basically after he came back the time was already over oh, wow. of saying well yeah i found the scratch and they're like well so they could have basically said well you found the scratch you're 30 minutes over so no <laughs> no no warranty I, <laughs> wow. it's like that was the experience he he told me how it was here in Germany. It felt weird. It's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, when I bought. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say when I bought. Yeah, when I bought the car that I ha currently have. I think. Shoot, I didn't remember. I didn't remember if they showed me. Like I think yeah, uh, I think they did. They walked me near the car. Like okay, here's the car. Here's the key. And you know this was a Honda. It's not even a really nice Honda. It's just a cheaper, it's a used car, maybe like eleven years old, ten years old. But <laughs> it's just different. Uh, I'm very surprised that even a more brand that's considered more luxurious, they don't. I guess you know they have very different levels of customer service. Yeah, I I mean I can't speak for for any one out there buying a tesla and i don't oh, want sure, to talk right. bad Sample about the company size, either yeah. um mm -hmm. it's just this one story i got from one mm -hmm. of my friends and um even if like i still wouldn't be be put off from buying a tesla if i could um or if, if i wanted to especially but like it feels weird that sometimes a lot of these these hyped places um tend to really give have a bad like have a good reputation have a good reputation but bad reputation for something else so it's like always a trade-off it feels like mm -hmm. and um what i wanted to go where i wanted to go with with this one is basically saying that yes we are currently seeing that happen right now right there's new innovation e-cars coming out electronic cars and everyone wants to have one of those so mm -hmm. the the automobile industry is changing quite a lot right now yeah, big change. Wonder, wonder. I hope he'll go alright in the end. <laughs> I think some. I think I read somewhere, like, yes, it's electricity. It, it doesn't. The car doesn't produce emission. But let's not forget what produced the electricity in the first place, right? Right. That, like, in some places, it's it's cleaner, right? Maybe some place they don't use coal or very little coal. They have a mix of solar right. and wind, etc. So that's actually a very, a very stark positive. Like a, at the very minimum, you one could model. Oh yeah, switching from a combustion engine car to electric vehicle means you move the pollution out of the cities, out of the towns, out of where you're driving, move the emission to where the electricity is produced. Maybe you have a gas power plant somewhere yeah. far from cities so that's one step but the next step might be well 
the sources of electricity might be compound. Maybe it's coming from multiple sources, nuclear, wind, solar, coal, those things. So as the power plant gets updated, as more power plants are, are being retired, that composition of emission will change. I think that it's definitely an interesting change. Although there's also some other critics about the components of the batteries, they, <laughs> they, they, they don't, they're not necessarily perfectly clean. Like they must be taken from these mines somewhere and they're maybe they're rare maybe the technique of making this this uh, 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 ores more pure maybe that's and the production of these batteries might have other costs associated to it so i wonder how all of this research i, I think it's probably still ongoing maybe it's I, I don't know where the state is but i'm hoping it's a net benefit right net green if it's, it's a car you know a car is still a car right like it still still has brakes and still have tires and then the tires when you brake it uh, what do you call it with friction some of the the particles of the tires i mean i read this somewhere electric vehicles are still have some negatives to it but it's still better than an internal combustion engine car to a certain degree yeah, um, I don't know where where the current consensus or consensus is either. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I like the premise of having a cleaner environment around the places we live at, mm -hmm. and a cleaner environment and less impact on um, well the greenhouse gases are changing. Um, <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Yeah, um, no and uh, having less impact or like more impact on doing good towards um, mm -hmm. nature, mm -hmm. right? And, and trying to eliminate um, the negative impact and the carbon dioxide emission. And yeah. 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 Recently, I got, uh, I think a few weeks ago, I received a mail from my electric uh, uh, utility provider. They mailed me, uh, I think it was just sort of a state of, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's, uh, well, okay, I guess I get to the point. The interesting part there is they showed me the composition of where my electricity comes from. I didn't remember the numbers, but there's actually a non-trivial portion of nuclear. That's my, my electricity comes from nuclear. That's still interesting. I didn't realize that California is powered by nuclear, but I think that probably makes sense. Cause I thought yeah. I thought people here don't like nuclear. <laughs> That's what well, I thought. Yeah, but, even yeah. even if if it's not liked, but like oh, right, a lot right, of people don't so. don't really know that, right? Where where mm -hmm. it comes from? Um, mm -hmm. Because I think one of the biggest changes you can do nowadays is change um, who provides the electricity for you. Like, do you get green electricity or not green electricity? And there's probably a much bigger change than than um, forcing somebody to, to change the car they are driving, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's so much more electricity going inside your house right now with 
your bathtub and your daily groceries and everything you need to power the lighting and like mm -hmm. there's so much more electricity going in there than you pump out in terms of like when you're driving your car a little bit on a daily basis i feel like so um mm -hmm. i think that is also a big change that that most people really like overlook when they when they talk about um being being like wanting to have an impact or a positive impact on 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 um emissions um, or on emissions yeah like yeah. they they often overlook where, where where do my does my my electricity come from and what can i do to change this directly like and there's mm -hmm. everyone can do something around that but it's going to be more expensive and mm -hmm. um we have always been hard or like difficult to move people's hearts by giving them an alternative that is more expensive yeah it's hard Politically, it's also hard because you you don't wanna or politicians don't wanna upset their voter base, right? And also, people. I guess it's some people will will say it's unfair that increasing prices. Like some people are more affected than others. Definitely. And yeah, it's definitely a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely is, and um, it's hard to to bring change, even if it's a positive change, because like most of us are wired into towards a direction of not wanting change once you have something that is palatable or good, good enough. Um, yeah, um, we've done about two hours now. Yeah. Do you, you want to keep going? Because I got, I still got something else I wanted to talk to you about, like in terms of your Sakoi and um, basically about international background, which you didn't come to at all. But I oh, think yeah. we've been doing, we've been going for a long time. So, what are you saying? Yeah, maybe we can talk about your Sakoi a bit, and then I wanna prepare lunch. <laughs> and also, yeah, definitely. What what time is it over there? Let me look. It up. Right now we have eight eight forty. Oh okay. oh okay maybe that's not too bad then. no it's it's still okay so yeah yeah, yeah. like uh, two, two things i i wrote down because i said I, I i generally would like to talk like a little bit about more like international uh mm -hmm. topics as well and i don't know if you, if you feel like going into it but um you're originally from indonesia right yep that's right yeah um, i grew up there and yeah and then moved to the u.s yeah, how come you're working and living in the US now? And how come? Oh, uh, like well, what is the sorry. what is the kind of experience you're making here in in the US right now? And um, did it did it help you to like um, feel like be open open towards new things and and, and stuff like this? Yeah, uh, thing is, it is kind of. Hard to say definitely because we don't have a control group, right? <laughs> There's not two of me. I cannot be in multiple countries and compare the result. Yeah, right. And, but but I think uh, it's interesting. I mean, I wonder how much of how I change as a person is due to just maturing in general. How much is because of the peers, the people I hang out with, 
versus you know would this be different if this was in the US versus Australia or other uh, other places in the world Indonesia or Japan and I think when I moved here that was for college and so I think being in a college environment definitely put that sort of I'm still learning right I'm still learning hey I've just arrived in the USA let me learn what people talk about what the here uh, uh what the people is like and that gives me the first impression of what US is like and whether it how it changes how whether I'm more open to things uh, yeah I mean, it's interesting over the years learning about American politics I think that's uh, when I think of openness directly my mind goes American politics uh, when I before I moved to the US I learned you know there was like a small handbook where like here are the kind of topics people or American people like to do for small talks and 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 then that like people like small talks and don't be surprised if a stranger strikes a small talk with you that's just what they do and then sample of topics are like weather or like weather is pretty safe to talk about yeah. or like what they're doing and then the big no-nos are like politics or religion <laughs> and then sports was also in there like if you don't if you're not sure <laughs> uh, uh you know what team the person you're talking to likes you probably don't want to talk about sports yet because you might you know let's say there's let's say i don't know rugby or american football team a versus team b maybe this person really likes team b you don't want to talk about oh, oh yeah that last game last night was pretty good right exciting but maybe in that game team b was being obliterated maybe there's like a sensitive thing i don't know maybe people are really into sports teams there's like a very strong uh, uh what do you call that they they maybe i don't know this this is I haven't met this many people that are really strongly into some teams, but they really identify a lot with the team that they are supporting. And I thought, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, in American politics, like, like when I come here, like, well, I don't know why people don't want to talk about politics. You know, it seems mm. like a, an important thing that uh, adults should talk about. And then now it's 2020, like, oh, yeah, I see now why this is, why talking about politics, unless it's a person that you really know, <laughs> Or it's your friends, you probably don't want to talk about politics. Maybe but not even your coworker. You don't want to talk about it. How is it? How is it um, in your daily life? Because we have the exact same thing. I I know that from my uh, from from going to America as well, and I know that from my my own home country, from from Germany as well. That you say small talk is supposed to be about this and this and this, and politics is one of the things and religion is one of the things that's bad mm-hmm. H- how do you notice it in your day-to-day life because what i kind of feel it's going towards is that more people are more vocal about it um even if they are not your friends no matter where you are and that maybe i don't know social media culture whatever is leading us towards being more like open with our ideas of politics and discussing it anywhere and everywhere we go so i feel like 
nowadays in, in my normal repertoire of small talk, politics mm. is one of the things that just comes up mm. somehow, not even through my fault of my own. And if I, if I don't even want to talk about it and don't talk about it, somehow someone just puts it out there. And if you don't want to offend someone, you just talk around the topics and go to some other thing and foreign politics maybe but like politics is some of the biggest small talk topics i see out there in, in like in my mind right now hmm. yeah i mean i guess in i'm more i don't spend much time with people that i don't really know about so i think i'm slightly biased in some way people that i more frequently talk about are friends that are already close to begin with so in that case usually talking about politics are more okay but if we're talking about people i just met then i definitely i don't bring up politics they don't bring up politics unless it's something that's really really big like for example okay <laughs> closer to the beginning of the year sometimes topic that arose for like brexit like oh is brexit actually happening i saw it in the news yeah. like it's supposed to happen this day but it didn't happen like la 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 oh yeah that situation is really difficult huh and so so i think in practice at least you know and anecdotally speaking for where i am uh yeah and unless it's a very very commonly accepted topic something that's really big and you can be certain of People don't really bring up politics. Maybe they'll discuss yes. it at a surface, but not into detail. Yeah, like uh, that's definitely a thing I, I, I would totally agree with you. Like mm. the surface discussions, because on that you can easily bail out and say, mm, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. okay, this is fine. Like, And you don't really get into into bigger, bigger discussions. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting to me be, that you said Brexit. Mm -hmm. um, and not anything about like that's coming up in, in the US where you're living right now. So mm. do you think that might have to do with um, that foreign politics are easier to talk about? Uh, I think not necessarily. Uh, I think this was, I guess I chose an example. This happens because at the time, this was maybe like January, February. So it's still pretty right. far away okay. <laughs> from, oh, wait, maybe... Shoot, was it this year? Maybe it was last year. When was Brexit supposed to happen again? I well, don't even know. There's, there's two dates. There's there's one date, last date, last mm. year when when they did everything and they wanted to get out, but mm -hmm. until this year, I think in no December this year, they need to finish it up. So they mm -hmm. they are basically out and have, but for the most part, like they have pulled everything out, but there's still things that they kept in the EU, like um, they don't need a visa and everything of like that is still like kept in place. Huh. Same as the Ireland uh, or East, what is it? Island? No, Ireland, Ireland oh, the, problem. Yeah, Good Friday um, agreement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. But so I think, mm -hmm. sorry, that, that's coming, that, that's, that's happening as well, like or supposed to happen later this year. And it started right now again with um with discussions about like what's happening um will they have a deal or will it be no deal and stuff like this yeah yeah i think that was last year i think this was 2019 when i this example about brexit that i brought i remember it is definitely 2019 because now that i think of it my 
then manager was present when we were talking at lunch but my manager at the time they uh, he left the company i think in october or november 2019 or something like that and so that's why oh yeah it can't be january february this year must be right. january february last year and yeah i think to some degree it's it is slightly easier to talk about foreign politics because uh because probably let's see like if i'm talking to an american let's say i don't want to be talking if they're already let's say i don't want to talk bad if they they subscribe to a certain position or something right like uh uh maybe about immigration or about free healthcare about these things like i don't want to like if i i i feel that i think that if i even bring a small part of it it might snowball into something bigger and that's why even even non controversial things like i wouldn't even start talking about it if it's not a person that i already know very well but foreign politics like usually it's more uh uh it's easier to talk about because they don't really have like we don't have a americans don't really have a say in you know what brexit does or like they don't yeah. they yeah they don't have a skin in the game so i think uh, yeah i think the, the difference is the emotion connection there Mm-hmm. that you don't really have that deep an emotional connection to foreign politics as you have to 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 politics and the country we are living at yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah mm-hmm. but I, i i how do you feel about like that becoming more like the norm of small talk getting more like politics becoming much more general thing like quite accepted to talk about Do you, do you feel like that is happening or not? I'm not sure. And the thing is, even if I I suspect that here, at least San Francisco area in California, I think people have a good confidence that the other people that they're talking to are also subscribing to the same values. Because I think historically, California and San Francisco, uh, the people who live here and stay here they're all lean the same way to political ideas right. like it's not like say i don't know maybe florida or some other states that are more mixed in right. i imagine in those states where poli- uh, the people there are of mixed political beliefs and you know maybe you're in the gas station or in the supermarket you don't want to talk bad about some political party because Who knows maybe the person you're talking to is actually a supporter of the other political party you don't want to accidentally upset them or like cause a scene in the supermarket where you're yelling or debating or whatever but yeah, over I here completely, yeah i completely get that yeah yeah i think different places must probably have different experience yeah Yeah, I don't know if political talking I think definitely <laughs> as it becomes closer and closer to the election this year maybe we'll we'll talk about it even in small election like yeah I don't know like ah looking forward to the election huh or yeah, like, can <laughs> who knows what will happen as well right um mm-hmm. I think because American politics is also quite hyped up everywhere in the world 
um, like somehow everyone just seems to be talking about it. <laughs> and all the news everywhere in news media are full of that. And so while a lot of people like to distance themselves from that, it's actually still, it's an event that keeps the whole world moving right now. So mm. I find that really interesting in itself. It's a very interesting but, loop. That people yeah. are interested in this therefore media will show it but if media show it then new people will probably still get interested to it yeah. so. I'm to be honest I'm I'm not really interested in politics most of the time uh, most of the time I try to not talk about politics but it somehow just crawls up on you mm. and just boom smacks you and then got you and then you're within a discussion about politics and the reason being is that I generally feel like I don't have much time to think of all the possibilities that could happen and all the time to really make, get a well-founded um, like idea and my own, um, my own like, like to, to, to figure out my own aspects and my, my ideas of, of everything. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like I have way less time to do that. And um, like there's people out there that just spend all their days just researching this one single topic within politics, like this one single topic, like, I don't know, for example, like, um, um, what can we do? Like, be like playgrounds, play, playgrounds, yeah, immigration, oh, okay. or like playgrounds in neighborhoods for families or something mm. like that. Like people really spend a lot of their days just focusing this one topic and you don't really you heard of it but you never think it's bad or like and then you start to get into discussion and then i somehow always feel like i can never match up to anybody i'm talking mm -hmm. to and whenever we talk about it i'm much i feel like i'm much more the person that wants to listen and to mm -hmm. to learn more about it because i can't spend all my time researching and reading about politics because Yes, while it, it is necessary for me, it's not what drives me and keeps me interested because I have so many other things I'm interested in and so many other books or, or YouTube videos or like interesting stuff to read and watch that I don't really want to spend all my time researching or figuring out what the correct um, correct like view or like the best view for me in politics is right now. Mm. Um, yeah. Of course, I have my, my own ideas and aspects about everything but i still feel that it tends to get really difficult if you if you want to get like a discussion because people are very judgmental nowadays and really feeling that once they know something they know that they are on the right path and they're going to try to really convince you that they are correct and um i don't feel that has much to do with a normal conversation anymore because this mm -hmm. is just you showing me how much better you are and wanting to mm. me to accept your opinion which i don't necessarily agree to it's just in the end it's something i don't really know much about so i don't want to talk about it so in the end i'm going ahead and say look i don't know just you explain me your position i can't say i will like it or completely subscribe to it right now it's just for me to learn so if you have something you could tell me and explain to me that's fine but don't make me agree to you at this one point just try to explain it to me and give me some time to spend maybe i don't know within the next month find some time to read up on it don't force me to do it immediately or don't force me to really subscribe to your idea right now
And I think that that's part of the issue as well. That it's so polarizing and pulling in that a lot of people really like to stick with their own ideas and force them upon you. Mm. Yeah, I think you and I probably were kind of similar in the sense that to have a good informed decision like do i want to support this or not support this or some other thing we want to get to the bottom we're going to know as many facts as possible but there's just not much time to learn about everything there's you know uh like there's so many topics playgrounds housing immigration healthcare uh i don't know police uh maybe funding for parks and recreation, pollution, the rivers, there's so many things. And for a regular person like like us, there's just not many time to really dive into all of them and really get all the nuance, all the positions that are in play. It, it makes an interesting imbalance in, a, I think, in the voter base because I wonder some people who are really busy with their jobs or family maybe they really really have no choice and cannot keep up some people have more free time then maybe they can keep up with the news and more and yeah, they can read that yeah i feel like that that's a very interesting point you're touching on as well because um it also has to do with interest People need to be interested, and then it needs to be time. And um, you also Oops. like in saying like there's people that are well more informed and less informed is fine, but people mm -hmm. that are completely informed and know stuff, I would say don't really exist. Because mm -hmm. even if you're a politician, you can't know everything about anything. Know mm -hmm. anything about everything. Know everything about everything. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> so, like, that's why they're specialists always. But the only thing you hear is specialists talking about special things. So you start at a completely different way. So you're getting dropped in at the deep end, right? Like, yeah. there's not a normal person talking about rel like relativity theory out there and saying, "Oh yeah, I think it works like this and this." It's yeah. always specialists talking. So you always like absorb information that are very special and that just not many people know and um it, it's interesting because we've become this culture just recently i feel like like the the more we, we're giving out everyone is able now to put their own uninformed information out there mm -hmm. so there's so much more information out there right now but mm -hmm. as a people we are consuming much more really specialized information. So back in the day, like people didn't really watch videos about outer space and relativity theory and like what is happening with psychology and reading lectures about like recently I watched like three hours of lecture about what happens if you have a phantom arm. And oh, what yeah, happens yeah. if someone across the room is put in a needle and shoving it in their hand that you will feel it in your hand, phantom hand because you don't have any skin anymore that signalizes yeah. to you that you cannot, that it's not your hand. Yeah. So it's, it's ridiculous. Like we are all consuming so much very specialized information and are so much smarter one each on ourselves. But 
everyone is putting so very like uh, my podcast as well i guess it's like very uninformed blabbering out there in the internet for everyone else just to listen to and this is like a huge disconnect i feel like i don't know if i if i should feel good about it or bad about it or if it's just a thing that's happening but it's a thing i noticed that really in terms of what i'm reading up on and what i'm putting out like that there's somehow a disconnect because i don't really spend hundred percent of my time just reading up on what I'm putting out and even mm. if I'm reading up on something it's always more like on a on a basis that I, I like it and not on a basis that I really need to learn stuff mm. yeah it's interesting with all of the like you said all so much information floating I think that's probably one of the difficult problems that we have in this modern age like part of it is trust because now that there's so many sources so many information you can't spend time to read all of them you might people might revert to having to trust some key uh, figures maybe journalists papers uh, uh, scientific journals or whatever who have a good track record of you know doing pretty consistent or pretty truthful reporting but at the same time you kind of really want to have people who report things uh, outside of an authority uh, uh, a controlled place right because if everything okay in the extreme case if the only things people read are from tv or media or or approved scientific journals I feel I think there's some there's something okay maybe I, I guess I'm thinking of Reddit ask me anything sort of mm-hmm. like when when a person like say oh I am a I don't know speech therapist and then I talk about this 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 or like somebody talks about I don't know restaurants like oh McDonald Taco Bell and then somebody replies with yes, I am an employee of Taco Bell and I confirm this is correct or la la la. Like, is that really true? You know, because maybe Taco Bell wouldn't ever let that story get published, so we'll never know. But at the same time, is this stranger in the internet really an employee? Sometimes they do take picture with their, you know, whatever, uh, their their uh, uniform. But maybe it's photoshopped i don't know there's so many digital manipulation techniques in this day and age like how do you know which yeah, one do you trust <laughs> yeah it's hard to really figure out um where it's a what is a reputable source and what is not yeah um and we're basically just now swimming through a stream of information mm-hmm. and um there's a lot of sticks in that as well and you could basically just grab any and any would just carry you on and help you out staying yeah. afloat but um you don't know which one is leading you towards the good end mm-hmm. or which one is leading you towards the bad end or which one is keeping you in the stream basically forever right yeah that's right um yeah i completely agree with you and, and reddit is still like just only one example of it but mm-hmm. I think Reddit is a very, very good example of it because 
it also grants you some kind of anonymity mm. um, while also being a fabulous source of information for a lot of people yeah and um, I know a lot of friends that only get their information about reddit mm. but at that point it's again like how much do you want to lean into this one one source yeah and um, I think throughout history a lot of these forums or like places where anonym anonym people can like post information have been always been good but should not have been the only place where you get your information from so I think nowadays we are all ourselves and which is why I guess why a lot of people have so many anxiety issues as well that it's too much that we are all ourselves forced to figure out what the right thing is so we always need to reevaluate and reinterpret and rethink what we believe and mm. Um, we need to really make a really good effort to get out of own our own bubble and our own yeah. bubble of information because I as might as well as you and all other of my friends we all have our own bubble and yeah. there's only one thing that can make you really find other information that can keep you on the edge or will make you learn something really drastically new which is as long as you try to get out of that right or try to make connections that you don't really really thought of in the very beginning yeah and um because consuming the same podcast over and over and over even though there's a lot of different people coming on on the podcast it it's still somehow biased in a way that the person only has a limited reach of reaching people and has limited reach of well i like this person i want to talk to them and even if that is not made that decision is not made um consciously it's made at least unconsciously yeah definitely having multiple sources of things and then constantly reevaluating your position on some things i think it's like it's a good diet <laughs> it's like a balanced yeah. meal like if you only get your news from one source it's probably okay but who knows Maybe but it's hard to do sometimes hmm. i feel like it's very hard to do and even me i i have not really figured out how to make it easier how to make it better on and how to get my information from a lot of reputable sources mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the best um, solution for that is and yeah. I also don't know if anybody found a better solution either because I, th- I still think we as humanity a lot of us are still trying to figure out the same issues but mm-hmm. everyone's trying to figure out in their own way because we can't even though we can learn from each other we can't really take the boilerplate that you have and apply it to yourself right I can't take mm-hmm. your boilerplate and say okay what Daniel did was perfect and everything correct so I just take it to me and do the same thing I will not have the same uh, outcome I will mm. just be completely something else because I'm a different person so I need my own solution I can listen to you and that's 
through doing this, I really got a bunch of new ideas as well. And um, you got a lot of different um, points out there that I didn't really consider at all in the beginning. I was like, yeah, well, that's really interesting to think about it this way. So mm -hmm. I can take your ideas and think about it. But in the end, what would need to happen is I need to learn from you and adapt them to myself. Mm -hmm. I can't really just take the boilerplate and say, okay, well, dancing is what uh, gave you this great body. So I'm just going to do the same thing. And you have two left feet or you can't really dance because your knees are not made for it. And that won't help you. So you, you really got to go to find out something that you you can do yourself. And I think that's why it's so com so difficult for all of us to to really adjust to, to these new times, I guess. Yeah, that, that completely uh, reminds me just yesterday I was reading someone's blog post about how correlation is not causation. Like, you know, when two things are correlated, like A and B, maybe, uh, maybe A causes B, maybe actually B causes A, or maybe it's a completely other thing, like like a, a third factor, C, that causes A and B. And that when people or papers talk about, oh yeah, uh, when something is linked to each other, like, I don't know, when ice cream sales are up, the the number of shark bites also get up, right? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. In that that in that kind of example, I think it's very obvious that it, ice cream sales and shark don't have anything causal between them. There must be a third factor, like, oh, it's summer. Huh? Uh, but when things are... When there are other things that are very seemingly very uh, convincing looking like you see in me uh, media or like in people politicians talk about it like oh yeah this this and this is linked to some other thing like okay i don't have an example in my head right now but it's very tempting <laughs> to just assume that the first thing they mention is causing the other thing but it's not necessarily true and even if it did, does that mean they both go up together or they go opposite ways? Like, what does even linked mean when they say, like, <laughs> it's very, very easy, very tempting for people to, to make, like, uh, misleading, intentionally or unintentionally. It's very easy to make misleading sentences. Mm. And people, especially to get clicks or views on your articles, like, ah, oh, you, you can make a, a paper or some article that's written. Maybe uh, the title is linked or etc. But then when you're writing in the abstract or in the paragraph, you insert some sneakily like, oh, it's causing A and B. And then people start thinking that, oh, yeah, A causes B, even though that's really not what it's all about. <laughs> people should read the data. But yeah. Yeah, it's difficult. I think the only thing we can do is stay open and try to think about stuff and try to accept other people's viewpoints as well and mm. not just accept them, but just take them in, think about them and then take them for what they are, mm -hmm. the opinion of someone else. Mm -hmm. And if you want to make this opinion into your opinion and if you want to change your opinion, you can do that. That's completely fine. But that's all what's going to happen throughout your doing. So you mm -hmm. can't really 
give someone else the handle and say, give me my opinion. But it doesn't work this way. Yeah. yeah. And Sorry. I've, I've been pushing towards this as well. And um, in my community here as well, because I feel like a lot of German people are uh, not aware of how much is out there in the world. And mm -hmm. that they are completely devaluating other cultures and other countries and um, feeling like that, that doesn't really exist anymore. And I understand it's completely hard to, to figure all of that out and to evaluate all of that for yourself that all the other countries are millions of other people living there millions of lives fathers mothers children babies while it is it's really really difficult to grasp all of that and nobody has the amount of bandwidth in their head to just understand all of this mm -hmm. but what i would like to what, what i i always or what i'm trying to to give to people is a little bit of space in their head that they could open up um, maybe another folder they could put in there mm -hmm. um, that connects to um, intercultural thinking and being open to other people and thinking of well look we're all humans and um, opening that up a little bit because I think if, if everyone was able to just take a step back and just think about it evaluate it first and take a little bit more free time basically in the whole life in their full stressful life and take some time out of that to the only thing people need to do is to go into themselves do some meditation or something like calm down a little bit every every weekend spend one hour going outside calm down just walking through a park breathing in what nature feels like feeling nature feeling the grass breathing in what what nature smells like like mm -hmm. the horse shit over there and the ammonia whatever it is but something that helps you to calm down and to to think about things without the need of feeling stressed and of feeling um feeling the 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 stress pushing you towards needing only to take two minutes to evaluate this and and your job and like time is pushing you towards your death no that it doesn't really matter we should still spend our time living much more than mm. pressing on yeah. and part of me is still learning that of course throughout this podcast throughout my life throughout my habits which have changed recently and um i'm definitely no way f near being good and, and incorporated this in my life yet but I for myself think I'm striving and I'd like to keep or uh, help other people strive as well. Yeah, gotta keep on progressing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, I do. Let's uh, wrap it up in maybe like yeah, 15 let's wrap minutes it up. or so. Uh, uh, we have like, I know, 10, 15 minutes. You don't have to wrap it up right now. But... No, but I'm, I'm completely fine with it. We have been going for, yeah, almost three hours. So <laughs> I how, how do you feel right now? Because... <laughs> You, uh, after I asked you to come on, you said, well, I don't sure if we even have enough topics to talk about for one hour. <laughs> so, we do, it turns out. <laughs> as it turns yeah. out, it's it's quite impressive. 
Hmm. And um, I had the same thing happen with another friend before. And um, he told me afterwards, it's like, it's crazy. Like, it's being so much focused on the other person and, and, and a conversation for three hours. This yeah. is not something you would have in your normal daily life, right? You wouldn't oh, do yeah. this in within your job or in your busy busy day when you need to go to your workout after job and then go to bed and to learn and read something and push the politics news or something cramming in between because it all everything is just completely compressed mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's like i don't know a time machine basically right sitting yeah. down you have just the other person's thoughts in your head going directly in through through the through the headset and the only thing you basically listen to is the other person's voice and yeah it's totally yeah yeah <laughs> I don't it, it's crazy I, I i'm still also i'm still quite new to this because i've only been doing this podcast for two months now but mm-hmm. the more and more i do it the more it feels like this is something that is completely underappreciated by a lot of people that long term of conversation and just talking about like we didn't really I didn't really push you towards any topics and you didn't push me towards any either mm-hmm. and I came into this wanting to talk a little bit more about Indonesia and a bit about your Sakoi did we talk yeah. about this at all not uh, much no we barely I don't think we talk about Indonesia at all actually <laughs> yeah Sakoi yes, we touched a little bit in the beginning yeah but I mean that's COVID, something yeah. we could always always uh, leave for another time then mm-hmm. but i believe it's it's really um there's no like it's completely partly clear to me why podcasts are on the rise and why a lot of people enjoy podcasts because it's mm-hmm. just a really true form of putting out information there um if you do it do it in this kind of format and um that you don't really have that in your normal day because everything is compressed and if mm-hmm. you put it in a podcast like this and you listen to 2.5 speeds or something <laughs> you get all the information and you feel like you're part of a really good conversation while um driving your car to some other place so yeah it thank is, you it is oh sorry good yeah go ahead i was gonna say yeah it is interesting when when people talk in in day-to-day conversations like, like i said it usually doesn't last very long but once a person or two or several people keep on talking up to a certain point uh, after it's long enough you started I wouldn't say lose control but it's it's sometimes we talk about things that we weren't planning on talking before <laughs> yeah. so it's it's somewhat planned though of course we still have some control where we're talking about but it's interesting like yeah like you said we didn't plan on talk about these things but turns out we the conversation just have a life on its own it went this way yeah. <laughs> it's and interesting. i feel like if if you if you really leave everything out and just just take it as it is just have some time and just um don't really look on your on your clock all the time and be mindful about about the time um you don't really have a purpose for it because most conversations have a purpose, right? You want something. Mm, yeah, yeah, you want good, to good. give something. You, you need something. And there's always a purpose behind it. But in this time, it's just an exchange of information, which, as boring as it may sound, really seems to be a really good thing to do. Hmm. Yeah. 
we we have some you know nuggets nuggets here and there that might be interesting to some other people yeah hopefully <laughs> so again um thank you so much for making time no problem. um three hours i think is definitely a long commitment but um i think we went through a bunch of interesting stuff so i gotta really skip through it again after to find <laughs> out what we all went through yeah um we have some things for the future as well that we can still touch on um if you feel like coming on again in the future yeah maybe some other day yeah definitely like i'd be down well not anytime because like look it it does take some time to, to produce <laughs> yeah, as well. yeah yeah i mean i assume that the calendar that you showed me are the spots that are uh, available right yeah I'm, i'm generally only doing it on a weekend ah, okay, okay um to uh today actually i had two planned one um one didn't happen today but i was quite happy that only one happened because um then i was able to finish cooking my food eating my food and um doing going to the election as well which happened right now so um if i didn't i would just like that would be in like six seven hours basically a full work day on a sunday um <laughs> plus editing afterwards so Yeah. And all the you need to do everything like laundry and all of that, which comes now before just going to bed. Yeah, for sure. But so, yeah, thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, was nice, nice to talk- see you again. Yeah, it was nice talking to you again as well. And um, well, if you if you feel like talking again, hit me up. Yeah. Um, is there anything that those those people listening um, would be you would be interested to give out like instagram or facebook or whatever or do you not have anything uh i don't have any instagram uh, but i mean I... you could you oh, could you advertise mean... advertise your sakoi team for people oh, to sure. maybe see see the sakoi team that would probably be interesting all right yes our sakoi team is based in san francisco uh, because of covid we do our practices online it's every friday 7 p.m pacific time we're called itoyosakoi I-T-O Yosakoi Y-O-S-A-K-O-I You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube If you want to reach out to us If you want to join our practice See more of our stuff Invite us to a performance Send us an email at itoyosakoi at gmail.com To borrow a phrase from my friend Thomas Since because of COVID things are online this is your This is a great time to start learning Yosakoi I'll leave it at that. All right. Thank you so much. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This podcast is not sponsored or endorsed by anybody and just a result of my own work. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider sharing it with others. Also, feel free to reach out to me on my email address, beingwithmyself at postio.org, or on my Instagram. Both of them are linked in the description. If you want to leave some feedback or thoughts, I'd love to hear from you. If you just want to say hi, you're more than welcome to do so too. Thank you so much for listening. I hope I see you next time.